Gotcha. Oh, okay. officially, officially now. Officially. <laughs> okay. Well, we thank have... you for coming, Les. Yeah. That's my pleasure, yeah, well, man. Yeah. See you later. See you later. That was yeah, just a okay. guess. We, we that was again. a guess. What's that? We're going again. We're going again. Going again. Yeah. No, that's, okay, that's funny. Okay, so well, let's 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 do this uh, intro again. Hey, Sorry, Les. Hey, Sorry, Les. Yo. <clears throat> hey. Cheers. We just, Cheers. So we had a little bit of a hiccup there. We thought we were recording and we weren't. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna do this again because uh, that's what we do. We go again because mm, we are going on again, mm-hmm. going again podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, our, our our guest today is uh, former firefighter uh, out of Toronto, Les Bryce. Hey guys, what's happening? What's hey going Les? on? All nice, right, yeah. thanks sorry, for coming. Sorry, Les. Let's 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 do this again. Okay, <clears throat> no problem. Well, it's good that we rehearsed. I mean, that's uh, that's <laughs> yeah, always good. It's yeah, good it to brush up on my bullshit stories. It is. Right? Thank God it was a it was a small oh, few yeah. minutes, but oh. you said a lot. And oh, was... I did. I certainly did. <laughs> a lot to say too. And we didn't get into the blood and guts, which was which is probably best. You know, okay. Best, best yeah, for the that guts. is good. Best that for good. our customers. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's let's go again with. Um, yeah, I mean, you're downtown Toronto. Yeah. Where you're stationed. Uh, uh, How did it start? You know, this How kind of start? stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's yeah. do that. Um, I went to uh, 26 Hall. It was on the Danforth, and that started, that was my out of the academy. So we did five, six, I think we did six and a half months at the academy, um, out of the academy, and that's 1987, by the by. So we get out of the academy, and they post you to a hall for usually six to eight months, um, and then they would they would ship you to wherever they sort of desired, wherever there was a shortage or wherever they needed people. Um, and it was a good way to vet you. Like they would back in the day. And I, I say that now because things have changed dramatically, uh, dramatically in the fire service. Like, let's face it. There's so many, uh, new programs, rules, regulations. So back then, um, they would vet you at the, as you did your you're a probationary firefighter. They would see if you were good or they liked you or you were going to be a guy. If you were going to be somebody, then they would move you to certain locations. If they, if they weren't too keen on your, uh, you know, keen on your habits, they would put you in a place where they could make you keener, you know, and that's Mm kind of how it worked. Um, so, uh, out of, uh, Duffer, uh, out of, uh, uh, Bloor street there, it was at the end of Bloor. So, uh, Victoria Park and Danforth sort of in that area. Okay. And it was, it was great. It was a busy, busy area. Um, from there I went to, uh, uh, I did a year there, almost six months, eight months, I think I did there. And then off to, uh, off to, uh, 14 hall, which was Dufferin and DuPont. And I spent most of my career there, uh, between the two trucks. There was two trucks. It's a, it's a, uh, district hall. It was a district chief's hall. So, uh, they had the credit union there and that was kind of great too. Cause, uh, back in the 80s and 90s, they used to pay you with a check and everybody would come to the credit union. It was kind of a hub of the, you know, they'd come to the hall and hang out and have coffees and, you know, meet, you know, talk to the guys and stuff. So guys off duty would be coming in all the time. And it was a great place to meet and greet <coughs> and really see a bunch of people in the job. You know, there's smaller halls that don't get that. Interesting. You know, the smaller okay. halls that don't kind of get that That's coverage. So, that social. Yeah. And we used to have like the doors would be open all the time and there'd be coming and goings and. Yeah, it was awesome. They get to really meet some of the celebrity guys of the day, you know, like cool. some guys, some guys that were really notorious or, um, you know, respected, whatever. The yeah, case yeah. May be. They'd be coming in and be dealing with the credit union cash and checks. And yeah, it was kind of cool. Right yeah. on. Yeah. Andrew and I, we don't live in Toronto, yeah. but we work in Toronto. Yeah. And we spend a lot of time downtown. Yeah. And I don't know about your hall, but when we're right downtown, there's trucks every day, all day. Absolutely. Incredibly busy. Absolutely. And I don't think that most people like, 
most people don't really get that, you know, and I, and I, from all the years of being in the game and when we go out socially, we'd go out as a group of guys, perhaps several firefighters together and our wives or whatever at the time or by ourselves socially. And you always got that thing of the stigma is like, oh, you're laying around all day and you know, right. it's yeah, yeah. just so hard to swallow, man, because you, you think to yourself, <laughs> wow, like this guy here is telling me I'm sleep, you know, I'm laying around on a couch all day and he probably hasn't done a, he hasn't done a good 40 hour work week in his life. You know right. what I mean? Like they, they have watch no too much television and they do, and it's portrayed poorly. And I think what happens too is a lot of guys, you know, you romance about, oh, it's just laying on the couch all day. And then you get this glorified thing once in a while you get out and do your thing. Well, it's far from that, especially in Toronto. Like, I mean, Toronto was, was, and still is like the busiest place in town, man. There's so many people. So you can well imagine there's catastrophes by the minute. Like, you know, it's just, it's hard to believe. Yeah. Oh, it is. We it's, don't, we live in that life, of course. So yeah, we don't know. You don't know how many responses there is. And, and you know, if you look on your street, for instance, or you look out the window, you don't see fire trucks every day coming down your street, but they're moving around. Like, well, what's interesting, you know, what's, Toronto. what's yeah. interesting about where we do live, where yeah. we are right now, yeah. <clears throat> there's a fire hall across the river. Yeah. And we do hear, hear it. Yeah. The sirens every day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you yeah. Do. Oh yeah, for sure. And a lot of people, uh, it's a fire truck and it's firemen. Uh, mm. you're only going to house fires or fires, for instance, that's, that's probably 20% of the business. Like, you know, the business is first aid and every other kind of accident that happens. If you cut your finger off with a chainsaw, we're going like, you know what I mean? If you murder your wife, we're there. Like, and you, I imagine if you're first on, Oh, we're first in Toronto. You have to uh, assess that situation in Toronto, man. I mean, we were first at every incident. We were first medics are far and few between the, just the number, sheer number. Uh, we were there well in advance. And that's why Toronto took such a role in firefighting uh, initially in the day, like back in the early 1900s and that they were firefighters only. And then they took on the medical thing because there was nobody doing emergency medical at the time. So wow. uh, they sort of soaked that in every time they'd go. It was one of those things. Well, whatever it is, we'll do it. We'll be demolition guys. We'll be you know, whatever, we'll dig people out of this and that and the other or whatever we have to do. And if it's a police matter, well, we were there. So we're, you know, you had a helmet on. Well, if we got to tackle the guy or deal with the police emergency, we're going to do that too. So it was, yeah, traditionally it was kind of call. We get there before anybody else. The fire department was the, was the guys. Like, yeah, I'd you know always I mean? heard that. Yeah. They're like, we did everything, man. It was ridiculous, you know? Mm-hmm. And from, ridiculous stuff the cats up trees and all those things they you know who do you Classic. call yeah you don't call the veterinary uh, association like right. they just 911 and we'd go out and do the thing we get there <laughs> you never know what it is you know never have a even if they tell you on the radio or the person who phones 911 says you know son, whatever the house is on fire you get there well the house is on fire because the neighbor torched it or the husband torched it you know uh, what i mean like it's yeah. there's always a an element that you don't know about so there, is there a case where you jump into your bunker suits, hop in the truck and go, and you don't know what you, that's oh, at the you, end? You may have a clue, like the 911 operator <clears throat> who takes the call will give you something perhaps, sometimes, sometimes they don't, but you will get something if they've gotten it. They don't make it up, obviously. So if they, if they, if somebody's screaming, ah, the house is on fire, well, of course we're going to a fire call. But there was many times where we get there and it was, you had no idea what it was. It's a, it's a gun battle. You know what I mean? Like Jeez. you, you, you didn't know what to expect. So 
And, Crazy, man. And we're running into it. Like we never, we never sit back, sit down the street and stage and wait and, 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 and watch, you know, take reconnaissance before we go. It was just, let's go guys. Well, I we imagine, go. I imagine small towns, uh, have their, their moments and, 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 and whatnot, just like any, uh, other, uh, emergency Absolutely. Uh, personnel, Absolutely. but, but I imagine Not the volume. Down, yeah. Downtown Toronto. I mean, you got 20 stories, 50 stories. I mean, yeah. I imagine you've done. Oh, yeah. How do huge. you how do you equip yourself for a thirty story building? Well, <clears throat> you can't take near enough stuff up like that. You couldn't possibly carry all that stuff up. So you basically have to send in the first guys that get there, take what they can muster, and go up and sort it out. And as you get there, whatever obstacles you achieve on the way, you better be re, you know reporting that to the fellows below and telling them what you need. And it's a communication thing, you know. Like we need and. We used to have ridiculous rubbish radios, so we'd have guys running back down. You've already ran up. You're running back down to say, forget that. We need, you know, we need more axes or we need this or we need, you know, whatever we need. Hey, Liz, can you so, bring your mic yeah. down a little bit? I sure can, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. just, yeah, How's there you that? go. You now we can see your face. face. Oh, sure. Man. Yeah, we, the, you know. the scars, the war wounds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, sorry, continue. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, well, so, yeah. you know, this, yeah. this brings me to hiring yeah. practices. yeah. I mean, the first thing I'm thinking, the moment you said that, yeah. you hump in a hose, yeah. you got a fire extinguisher in the other arm, I don't yeah. know what you're doing, Right. <clears throat> wearing those boots in the bunker suit, Sure. and you're tripping up multiple layers of stairs. Right. Um, I, I, I don't know what the hiring practices are of firefighters, but it, if it goes in, you know, level with everything else in the world, yeah. there are people applying for these jobs that are not physically suited for these jobs. Does that make sense? Uh, it's amazing and perceptive that you would mention that because uh, honestly, how it happened, let me start historically how it happened. It started historically from guys coming out of the army, okay? Sure. And they went into that profession because... Uh, they understood grunt work. They understood grunt work and they understood the need for help. Like they need, they understood mm. that people need help. Yeah, they developed that in, right? their, in their hearts. And they get it's a brotherhood, it's a it's a camaraderie, and it's a compassion. Um, if you talk to and you have talked to, if you talk to guys that are police, fire, soldiers, army, military, all that stuff from the war back in the day, those people are so tight with each other and protective. And although they're killing the the enemy. They're very protective and nurturing of their own. You know, sure. that, that's it's kind just of how the game. It, I guess. It's a protection thing. You're right. doing. They're not doing. They're not killing people for the want of it. They're killing people to protect the people at home. That was the hundred percent right from the Vikings to today. That's how it goes, and that's the main focus of the the fire department as it started. It was caring people working together for a common goal to sort these people out. So, if the department that was already established, they would say, "Listen, I know a guy." My son, my uncle, my brother, a guy down the street, solid guy, does what he can, helps old ladies, all this kind of stuff. He's got what it takes. He's got the metal. Let's hire him. And that's how it started. Right. So your family would get in involved. And to this day, there's a lot of brothers, uncles, cousins, and on the job. That's just how it is. Because if you have it, you know, when you're sitting at the dinner table, that guy's got it. That one doesn't. Oh, totally. It's not okay. unlike the stunt business. Okay. Same game like that. Yeah. You you have it in your blood. They understand it. They've lived with it from from young. Yeah. They know, and you know he's got what it takes. Absolutely, I've thrown him around the backyard. We've 100%. done the stuff. He's got what it takes. Copy. I know he can. Yep. 
I could train him and he'll be the guy. Plus, there's also that if you let me down, you have to, you ultimately have to respond back to me. Like you're, you are my, I'm your guarantor that you're going to do the job. So you do a better job. And I find that's the case. You do a way better job because somebody in the room is, is your, is signing your ticket, you know? So, and I think that's how the department started and it stayed like that for a long time. What happens with that is people on the outside who want in and they don't have a connection, they don't have the credentials, um, they can't get vetted to be a part of it. So they feel that's not right. We need to have our chance to get in. And that's fine. As long as you can come up with the, so we had criteria, we had a training situation and you had to go in, you'd fill your application in first. They see if they liked you or not. They'd have a look at you physically. If you got it, you would chat with a couple of the chiefs and they'd go, okay, this kid's smart. He's a sharp cookie, you know, um, can he do it? So they'd have a simulated few simulated exercises. You'd lift a ladder up off the ground and put it on hooks and you'd run up the whole, you know, stairs with a hose on your back and they go, yeah, he's got it. We're going to, we can make something out of this. They have other ones, of course, that can't, so you wouldn't get the job. That was fine maybe in the early 90s, uh, 80s and 90s, but as we get into the, you know, as we get into the later 90s, that wasn't going to cut it, right? The city then took on the hiring practice. Oh, wow. And when the city took over, of course, it was... The, the knowledge. Po- the political correctness, the yeah, uh, yeah. everybody's... Affirmative everybody Affirmative action. <clears throat> everybody's, a ch- everybody's a candidate. Yeah. Everybody. Well... Uh, it's just the way it works. I, and I, I'm not slagging anybody in a wheelchair. You can't be a firefighter. It's just... It's difficult. It's very difficult for hose. you to do these no, tasks. Absolutely. We're not slagging anybody. No. But what's interesting is that um, guys become firefighters because it's a calling. <clears throat> and today... And same with the... Kind of like everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. Same with police. Right. When I was a kid, yeah. all the cops were big. Yeah. They were tough guys. And it was a calling. Yeah. Today, it's, you, you know, go get your teacher certificate. And because you can't be a teacher and no slagging on teachers. Nope. Um, I'm just picking that as an example. Yeah. Um, the, because you can't get a job as a teacher, you apply to go to the police college. Right. Uh, or to the fire college. You like the truck. You kind of, well, that's well, kind of cool. They, and they yeah. also saw movies where the guys sat around for seven right. days. And say, wow, this is cool. I think I yeah. could do it. I could definitely do it. And I love going out to a place or a social event and you say, I'm a fireman. And it's like, wow, really? And, you know, they're all around you and they're listening to the stories and stuff. It's like, wow, that's cool. So that's, that's a big part of it. And it's not, it's, it, the game is not for everybody. It's honest to God. And even for me, who I was born to be that, when I got to... 50 years old, I was like, I'm done. Like 50, if I can squeeze another five in, I'm good. I, I like, I, I don't want to, it's a young man's sport, you know, like it's not for right. 55 year old guys should not be running around a fire scene. It is too much, man. You will die. Like, you know what I mean? It's and if dangerous. you don't, you may be the result you, of someone else. Dying. Exactly. So and, what, and your job that you're doing now, you, you know, you're, you're inhibiting that person's chances of survival because your game isn't on. 100%. If you think that way. Yep. Not everybody, as you said, not everybody thinks that way, right? Mm-hmm. They're looking at the paycheck and the nice t-shirts and hanging out at the clubs. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's the calendar. Nice it's the calendar. The calendar too. The calendar, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. man, that gets a lot of mileage. You oh, get yeah. on that thing and wow, like That's superstar. That's what makes me want to do it. Superstar status. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. I just, I just <laughs> want to be a, a firefighter for the t-shirts. Yeah. 
And I'll tell oh, you, yeah. there, there's nothing like driving that 30 ton toolbox down the street at like breakneck speed, man. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That is super cool. I'm I have say. no doubt. That is pretty Do you, cool. I mean, you must, you must have run into some accident or something like that. Um, it's got to be. I got, I got clipped on the truck one time. The guy, um, of course, you're being aggressive when you're driving, but within limits, you know, and we had lots of ability to do that. You know, uh, we had the ability to run red lights if it was feasible to do so and there, sure. and, and because of the area Dufferin and DuPont let's I'm I'm you know putting it to that sort of t- side of town the streets are tight there's parked cars everywhere it's only two lanes plus you yeah. got parked cars so now you got one lane if it's busy you have to take you're taking the other lane like I mean that's just how you're doing it if the it's frustration level must just massive, peak massive you're the guy behind that wheel you're blowing that siren oh yeah and nobody's moving nobody's so moving. having yeah. said that <clears throat> yeah. uh I mean uh, you can't do this job if you don't have some sort of authori- uh, authoritative sort of like yeah. get out of my way right, sort right. of thing. Of course. Uh, you and know? you have to, you can't wait for the opportunities. You're making the opportunities and then right. suffering the consequences. Right. Okay. Like, and that's how the job sort of rolled historically. You made a choice, good or bad, for the better outcome of whatever the situation was. And okay. We damaged a couple of things on the way. We smashed some windows. You know, we drove the truck up somebody's front lawn. Whatever the case may be, we got the job done. Nobody died, and all those people were saved. We didn't lose the whole block of... And you're saying you know, we've lost that a little bit? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Be, no sure. driving up on front lawns? Be, that's that's my yeah. thought. Being a stunt guy, all I want to do is drive that 30-ton toolbox oh. up on somebody's lawn. Oh, there's nothing... There's Yeah. Or, or the wrong way, like you go barreling into traffic, and these people are coming, you know, coming at you, and you're just you're just parting the roads, man. It's unbelievable. Man. Yeah, it, yeah it's, and terrifying, obviously, for the other people. For of course, the, you know, I can't imagine that thing rolling up on Honda Civic head on. Like, I mean, it's just you know, scary big bit, and it's louder than hell. Yeah, it's making a lot of noise. Yeah, and there's four guys in it, like with their eyes red with fire, and they're screaming and yelling out the windows. <clears> like, <throat> you know, it's bonkers. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. I mean. Man, that is crazy. Yeah, I, but I, I, uh, I was coming home from work. I don't know. I love this story, but I was coming home from work in Toronto. I was coming down the 401. I was living in Woodstock at yeah. the time. And I had this old van, and I lit a cigar with the cigar lighter on the dashboard. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but when I put the cigar lighter back in, I put it in too deep, and it mm-hmm. continued to mm-hmm. get hotter and mm-hmm. hotter and hotter. Mm-hmm. And as I approached Woodstock, <laughs> my van started to fill up with smoke, and there was flames underneath my dashboard. <laughs> so I phoned the fire department in Woodstock. Right. Um, and uh, the guy says, where boats are you? And I said, I'm just coming down the street. I'm going to be pulling in your parking lot in a minute. <laughs> <clears throat> Bring it to us. So, yeah. yeah, so I pulled in, and as I was pulling in, the two bay doors were going up. It yeah. was great. And yeah. it looked, looked like a movie. These four guys, uh, two or three guys in bunker suits and one guy in a suit yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And they're bringing extinguishers out. <laughs> and they tooled my thing apart and yeah. they put it out yeah. and I the guy asked me my name and took all this information he says you know I gotta tell you this is the first time in my career anybody ever brought a fire to me to me yeah that, yeah it's true it's no? hilarious yeah, yeah, that's a good funny. one that's a beauty yeah so do yeah, you find do you do you um um do do you find that people give you because of who you were yeah um, I imagine the way people are sort of like, uh, they, they stop doing whatever they're doing when a cop comes around or yeah. they ease up on their driving when mm-hmm. a cop comes around. Mm-hmm. I imagine for you that there's a certain level of respect or it was there where people sort of, because you were the yep. first on, let's say the emergency, did people, uh, move or did they sort of crowd? What, what um, was the more, 
a lot of times you'll find, um, so just on the crowd part, a lot of times you'll find people want to see the dance, like yeah, want to yeah, see yeah. it. People slow down and, and they want a gardener just to they see. They want to have a look. Yeah. But what'll happen inevitably is they have a look and then they regret they did in most cases. If it's a minor thing, it's not a big deal, you know, uh, but if they really see the stuff, yeah, it's, they thought they wanted to, but they certainly don't when they see it. You know, oh, I, mean? I can and only imagine. Yeah. You know, like, and that was one of those things that I never really ever had dreams, nightmares or anything like that of stuff. And I've seen a ton of shit. We'll maybe touch on it, but yeah. I mean, I've seen a ton of shit, but I'll, and you know, post stress that guys are having now and stuff. I never, ever had any of that. I can't, I understand it. I get what it's about, but I never had it. I never had a nightmare. I, I never had sort of flashbacks of stuff. And, um, have you ever talked to yourself, uh, well, in, into why maybe well, that was it? Well, I think what I did was, and I used to talk, you'd always try to nurture the young guys or nurture anybody, not just the young guys, but nurture guys. If you've seen them sort of quiet after an incident or something, mm. you'd sort of, you know, try to sure pick at them a bit. And there was a lot of goofy shit we used to do to relieve that. Like, obviously you, the pranks and the goofiness, that's great because it sort of takes the stress level down. It gets you thinking otherwise, you know? Sure. Uh, but I always used to sort of and say to them, like the only reason that I could cope with it or handle it was I always felt I was doing, no matter what the situation was, I was doing better for somebody. I was helping. If you look at it in a helps, a help scenario, I helped somebody. Okay. So the person, okay. the person is finished. Um, you know, there's, there's nothing you can do for them. You, you get there and it's, it's out of your control. It happened, you know, before you got there, they're finished. That's the end of them. You can't help that person. But you can help other people. You can cover that person up. You can deal with that person so that other people don't need to see the tragedy, you know? And I always felt I was helping. A lot of times we'd, mm -hmm. we'd get people that were really, really in bad shape. You did what you could for them. And then when you send them off into the ambulance, I always kind of had in my mind, right or wrong, I always had in my mind, I helped them. Whether they made it, I kind of believed they made it. You know, I always wanted to believe they, once they went in the ambulance, things were good. You know, everything was all right. Like... And that's kind of how I dealt with it. I didn't look at the, okay. I didn't look at the negative things like what should I have done or what could we have done better. You look at that and analyze your process, but you you don't feel regretful or sorrow for the things you didn't do, you know. And if you do that, that's when you get into a jackpot, I believe. You know, mm. I think that's when you take too much of it, it and you know you take it home and you just constantly festers with you. And the next thing you know, once you get about ten of those packed on top of each other you're finished, right? I can imagine but, yeah. that there were guys that didn't deal with it the way you did. Lots of guys, of course, yeah. lots of guys. And a lot of guys, uh, traditionally, let's say self-medication was the first and foremost deal, you know? Right. Um, lots of suicide. Um, lots of that shit. Like, it's just, it happens to, you've got a, a large group of people. Some people can cope with it, some people don't. And so even the people that cope with it, cope with it for so long, and then sometimes it pops, you know? It's one of those things. It's so unknown. It's such an unknown well, I quantity, right? There's a lot of divorce, even, oh, and there's divorce. a lot of you know, terrible, friend, terrible. Loss of friends, oh, and terrible. Other, you know, and you, you, we, you know, I, I'm in company of people. I'll say and do things that I, and I sort of check myself. You know, I'll have to sort of check myself and go, wow, that's slightly inappropriate, or you know what I mean? Like I, you always sort of find yourself sort of toning it down a notch. Just, and I've been told that many a times. Like it's like tone it down. 
my my uh, like what do you mean in terms of what? Well, like my sweetheart like, Darlene, like a she, black humor. Yeah, like my sweet oh, Darlene is awesome. Like she, you know, she's been with me since I started the job. She's seen me when I wasn't working on the job and seen how I progressed. And she's like, you know what? Just don't, sometimes you're you just you're on a rant or you're doing something. You know, again, socially or not socially, and she'll be like, can you just tone it down a notch? Like, you know? Oh, really? Yeah, and it, it's from that. Like it's that's part of the deal, right? Like you're so used to ramping yourself up you can get so ramped up to do what you got to do and now you got to channel that into something else right you know oh it makes in in general like when you're off the job it's like no you know you're not jumping through windows like uh take it down a notch well it's interesting though is we have several friends who are medics and uh, ambulance people yeah uh and police officers yep um and firefighters yeah yeah yeah. But there's there's a dark humor. Oh, for sure. Black comedy kind yeah, of deal. Of course there is. And and again, that's a that's a you know that's a mechanism to cope, right? Like you you sort of have to absolutely. You, and there is a kind of a bright side to it. If you know, like disaster and all that stuff, there is a lot of bright side to it. And it's it's comical. You know, it's comical uh, once you step back from it. It's not comical at the time, perhaps, but it's funny as hell when you look at it from a distance. You know, you go, wow, that was. Funny, funny to the point of being bizarre. Not so, so much funny like a joke. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that. Yeah, you're not making li- no, light, no. light of light the of situation. It. No, but, but at it's, the end of the day, it's pain so is bizarre. Comedy. Oh my god, it's so bizarre. Like, well, go, the other thing is, nobody <clears throat> knows what you're going through. No, I mean, I mean, people uh, don't understand that type of humor. But uh, when you when you can part yourself away from your sweet, yeah. sweet living right. and, and realize that other people live in this world all, all the, the time. time. If it, I mean, if you don't find some kind of humor or some kind there? of way to ease the, you know, the, 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 the hell that, I don't know. I yeah. don't know how you put it, but I get yeah. it. Of course. Yeah. You, you got to, uh, you got to sort of smile at it. Like you got to give it a, a, you know, a joke at it once in a while. I just, like, I just find it fascinating that there's people like us that live a normal life. Yeah. And like the world, yeah. generally, everybody, yeah. generally, yeah. Um, I don't get to see an accident every day, and I don't care to. Well, I don't <laughs> care to, but and I don't see house fires every day. Yeah. But you guys do. Yeah, do yeah. Um, and and I mean, a career, a it? career or a job is usually what defines a man or a woman. Yeah. It's 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 there. It's you know that's uh, less yeah. firefighter. That's your being. It's, it's yeah. you know for sure. Right. Um, yeah. And. Uh, so that is sort of what's on your mind. Yeah. Literally. From oh, you carry that credential, right? All the way to. Yeah. Yeah. The, when Absolutely. you go to bed at night. And it used to be the sort of prep up before too, because we, we started doing a shift thing. We used to do shifts all the time. Uh, of course, it's a shift based deal, but we went to a 24 hour shift. It was, um, it was really good. It was, uh, uh, we'd do 24 hours on 24 hours off, um, a couple of days a week and then we'd have a split we'd have two days off like 48 hours off and then back to 24 on 24 off um super great situation so you stayed there like and it's one thing to do a you know a day shift let's say eight hours or something at at any task but when you're when you got 24 hours of it that's that's a long that's a long time to be on your game you know what i mean like uh you wake up in the mornings, no matter when you wake up, you say, you know, my back's a little sore today or my knee's sore. There's always a complication. So to, to be hot for 24 is pretty amazing. Like it's pretty tough to psychologically get that together. So you can well imagine the day before that j- shift, you're thinking, okay, it's going to be just a chill day today. Like I'm not overexerting myself in any way because I want to be good for tomorrow. I know I got that stretch to do. 
so I'll get to bed early and, you know, be careful, uh, whatever. You know, you just sort of played the game, played a really easy day before you knew you were going on shift and so, psychologically. But, too, so if right? you have a 24-hour shift, yep. <clears throat> if you, so you're going to go to bed at some point in, in that 24 hours. At 11 o'clock at night, was there was no more duties after about 10 o'clock. So 10 o'clock, they would say, okay, after 10, you're welcome to go lay down. One guy would have to stay and man the radios. So you'd have to go down and there'd have to be somebody alert in the hall so the other guys can lay down. If you've ever tried to sleep in a fire hall, knowing that at any moment the bell's <laughs> going to go off, See, this your is my, sleep is bullshit. This like, is honestly, my question. You're right. You're not sleeping. So you're really awake for 24 hours. As you get more settled into the job, and I, like, I'm not going to say I never slept in 25-year, 30-year career. I never slept. I slept. But that sleep is nothing but... It's not REM. Like, you're not getting into any kind of good sleep. Right. You are just trying to recover is all you're doing. Your body's trying to recover from the, the you know, the sitting waiting, if it's sitting and waiting, or the running around you did all day, you know? Yeah, well, the next day when you yeah. have a 24 off, oh, half of that's sleep. It's, you're finished. If you can manage at home, by the time you get home, you're just exhausted well, mentally. You mentioned Let, that. Let's say. You mentioned that stress uh, that Sean... Uh, fellow Sean Sean Lawrence. Well, I wrote a TV yeah. series, uh, uh, an episode uh, called "Quiet Stress." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I yeah. imagine that uh, that's that's the that's a term that I, I a friend of mine who is a psychologist who was once a firefighter and a police officer yeah. is now administering to those boys that and ladies have that, troubles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, quiet stress is what he called it. Yeah. I don't know if that's the uh, medical term, but well, uh, it sure works for me. Yeah. Because you guys are sitting on that couch or doing whatever you're doing. You're signing the big 30, you know, 30 ton toolbox. Yeah, yeah. I love that term. Yeah. And, um, yeah. um, you know, you're, w when that bell goes off, yeah. it's not something good at the end of no, that. No, no. And you're already pre-loaded. Yeah. Like you have to be loaded for that bell. Like you're constantly, nobody can understand that anticipation. A guy, I worked with a guy, uh, many guys, but I worked with one, one guy and he was, he was a genius thinker. Like the guy was amazing. He used to listen to all the rhetoric. Oh, you guys sleep all the time, blah, blah, blah. And he used to go home and the, he told the stories many times of his wife always chirping him about, you know, you worked all night and then you come home and you sleep all day and you don't get anything done around here, blah, blah, blah. So he sort of, the one night he said, you know what? I got to come up with an idea how to solve this situation. So what he did was he said to his wife and he, and like I say, a, a, just a genius thinker. He said to him, he said to her, I'll tell you what I'm going to do just to sort of try to welcome you into what's going on in my head. What I'm going to do is tonight when we go to bed, anytime, whenever he says, I'm going to shake you, wake you up out of sleep or you're not sleeping. You're just laying there. I'll wake you up, swing your legs out of the bed, put your slippers on, get up, walk into the kitchen, turn around and come back to bed. That's all you got to do. He said, I might do it. I might not. It's how he says, so that be prepared. He said, if I do it, if I give you a little nudge, he said, just at your leisure, don't rush. Just swing your feet out of bed, put your slippers on, walk into the kitchen. And he said, I, the first night we sleeping away. And he said, I, I let it go. We, she was well, sleep. <laughs> she was well sleeping. <laughs> and he said, I reached over this and guy gave was her, a comedian. Yeah. Give her a little shake. And he said, she, she woke up. Whoa, 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 whoa. And he said, oh, you know our thing, like, do your slippers and that. So she played along with it. She put her slippers up, went into the kitchen, came back, bumped into the wall. He says, he, first she couldn't get, open the door of the bedroom. <laughs> she got the bedroom door open, bumped into the wall two or three times going down the hall, 
came back to bed. He said, I let it go. He said, didn't do anything. He said, then she rolled around. He said, he stayed up. He said, I couldn't help myself, but I stayed up just to get yeah. my point. Just yeah, to make yeah, my point. Yeah, of course. He said, she rolled around for about two and a half hours. He said, waiting, waiting, anticipating and being sort of jolted by that first one. He said, that <laughs> night I didn't do another one. So she, she said, well, that, you know, after in the morning they discussed it and she said, that wasn't so bad. He says, okay, cool. So the next night, he didn't say he was going to do it again. It was over. Like they figured the experiment, she figured the experiment was over. Next night, he proceeds to do it. And he did it and rung her bell and got her up. And she, I don't know how many times he did it the next night, but he did it for a couple nights in a row. And after about two nights in, she said, don't you ever do that to me again. I will never say a word to you about your problem. You know, whatever. She said, it's, it was the perfect, you know, uh, sort of understanding of it. And she, and he and she said and that was I wasn't doing anything I didn't run down the street and put a fire out right. or pick some kid out from underneath a car I didn't do any of those things yeah. but that stress and that shit of doing that she said it was incredibly prolific and figured out well I imagine she understood I imagine there's one selfish uh, wife though that says hey listen you chose this right this is your problem this is your problem you deal <laughs> with it well that's why they don't last you know what I mean yeah yeah right yeah, you're exactly. not gonna I mean the guy's gonna just say. Done. It's that, done. That technique should True. be shot at, uh, taught at fire college. It yeah, should. It, should. it really should. And I, I only mentioned it to my better half. And when I mentioned the story to her, when I recanted the story to her, uh, yeah, she totally found, she didn't need to go through the test to understand. Like, you know what I mean? So was, sure. that's why I like to tell it because it sort of gives you an understanding of, yeah, that would be a ridiculous way to live, you know? And it is right. Like it's, half of my life of those 30 years, half of it. 15 years of it, I spent sleeping with guys in a fire hall. Like I never, I wasn't home. Yeah. So you know what I mean? If you put it in those perspective, it's bizarre. Like it's a bizarre way to live. I'm right? glad you told that story because yeah. uh, people that are listening to this that yeah. are not firefighters. Yeah, man. A hundred percent. I've never heard of this. Stuff. No. I, I don't know what goes on. Oh, it's a hundred percent the way it is. And, and so now put that other factor in where you got to get up, run down the stairs, jump in that, our toolbox again and bomb down the street. Now, like, have you ever gotten up for a pee in the middle of the night? You're also you not can't in even your, see. You're 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 not even in your uh, your no, attire. You didn't put nothing on. on. Nothing. How long does that take to get sorted? You know, slide yeah, down yeah. a fire pole, get onto a truck you get without to, breaking your ankle. You and get to slide down the pole. Ah, oh, the pole was the best part. Well, that's the reason people become a fire. That's right. I think everybody. Because Did you of learn that. any dance moves? No, but. Uh, I could I could stop halfway like yeah I could stop halfway. We'd all love to see yeah, it. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. We used to we used to really um, entertain the kids when they come by the hall. Was uh, you know we'd climb up the pole or slide. Oh yeah, it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I'll That's tell you cool. I'll tell you a real good one of um, just uh, sort of the uh, thirty year career. I had you know greatest time of my life, and at the end of the thirty year, the last day of the hall, and um, the, my last day in there, and I decided I'm going to retire. Lots of people were, you know, like all your peers are like, God, what are you crazy? How do you, we're going to retire? I was like, I'm out of here, man. I'm done. I, it was to the day, you know, it was to the day of my uh, anniversary, 30 years mm -hmm. on the button. And I just happened to, my timing was great. Like I got on at 24 years old and uh, my 30 years was up and that was, my, that got me the 50, you know, and it got me the golden, got me my pension, uh, unas, un, un, you know, the pension was full pension. It wasn't, mm -hmm. it wasn't taken down. If you leave earlier, your pension is obviously diminished right so i got it was a full pension i'm ready to go i'm out the door i've done my best five years as a captain so you can't even you couldn't even make your pension better it was beautiful it was as good as it was going to get at the time 
Um, so the last day, and I had an alarm clock, little Sony, that I used to wake me up. It woke me up for work every day for 30 years. And it was the same machine, you know, like this little Sony Dreamcatcher uh, radio, clock radio. And uh, I woke up that morning, and I took, unplugged it, and I put it in a bag, and I put it in the truck, and I drove to the hall. And I sort of had the plan. I'm like, that thing is never going to wake me up again. So I took <laughs> it with me to the hall, and uh, we got to the hall. And I call the guys down on the floor and they know it's the day, you know, like they know it's coming. Sure. And it was a tough day. I got there and I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking it's everything is your last, my last breakfast, my last time I put my uniform on, my last drive into the hall. Yeah. I get to the hall and uh, <clears throat> I got the guys early and I, we put a breakfast on. We had some breakfast that morning and uh, I said to them, uh, I got down on the apparatus floor. And I piped over on the PA, like everybody to the floor and they're kind of like something's going on. So they come down to the floor and I tell the one guy, Jeff, a uh, younger guy at the time. I said, Jeff, grab this sledgehammer. So he goes to the truck and he grabs a sledgehammer. I come out the back. I take the sledgehammer <laughs> and I beat the shit out of that alarm clock in the backyard. Oh, yes. I smashed it with all the passion I could. moment. Oh my God, man. I Beautiful. beat it. I beat it to death. Then I took the piece that was left on the cord and I swung it around and I bashed it till it was just pulverized. And those guys are laughing their head off and they got it on camera and they're just, they can't believe what's going on. And I'm like, man, I go, that's the end of that little beauty. It'll never bother me again, you know? But it was there for you. It was there for me for those years. It it got me to work every day. And um, then we get this call. Like, I no sooner smashed the shit out of this thing, we get a call to a fire just down the street from us. And Mm -hmm. and it was was smoke visible in this, uh, under the apartment, they had a daycare. So it was little kids, not school year, you know, not school ready kids. So, So what, two to three or something like that? Okay. No more than three or four, three years old, four years old. And there was about 20 or 30 of them in this little place. We get there and there's smoke and they were doing toast or something. The, the teachers were doing toast for the kids and they set the detector off. It was no big deal. We cleared the smoke out. And I go out the back now to tell the teachers, you know, you can let the kids in. The kids are all out the back. And I open the door and I go out to the teacher. And when I go, when as soon as the door opens, and I'm in the full bunker gear and the whole deal, as soon as the door opens, the kids just light up screaming and hands in the air. Ah, they're just going bonkers. Fireman, you know, and the teachers, they, their faces light up, you know, like it's the fireman. And I go out there and uh, said, you know, as soon as they did it, I was just like, wow, tomorrow mm-hmm. I'm not going to get any of this. Like the superhero cape is yeah. finished tomorrow, man. Like, and I tell you, I turned around, like I could just feel it well up. And it was like, maybe it was, you know, maybe it was depression. Maybe it was all that stress and everything. But I turned around and I went back in the door. I couldn't face them, man. I was bawling my eyes out, man. Yeah. Like I just started crying. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking, wow, I got to pull this shit together. And uh, the guys I'm with, um, I'm, I'm like, just like. <laughs> and I look up and they're there. And I send them back to the truck, like just pulled it together. I go, get back to the truck. And so they go back to the truck and I go back out there now. And the kids are not stopped. They haven't stopped since I was first out there. They're still screaming and yelling and their faces are just like lit up. Their eyes are so big. And I'm telling you, man, that was like the, the definitive moment, you know, like it was just like, it was unbelievable. The, what a fitting the, in the feeling like was just like, shit tomorrow. I am just regular dude. You know, like I'm not this, what I perceive like, or, and what other people perceive, not so much myself, but you know, you're, you're ever, you're that super, super person man like you're such a you're, you're an icon right the truck and everything and it's like man you're bigger than life right and it was just 
so demoralizing, I must say, man. Like I, I went and I went back oh, to the hall. Man. I didn't speak. Okay. I didn't say a word on the way back to the hall. It was only five minutes away, two minutes away. I went. I didn't say a word to those guys. Nobody looked at me. They were just looking straight ahead. It was like, oh my god, man. Like that's bad. Like that's a, that's really? a, that's a breakdown, man. Like that's oh, a wow. super breakdown. And it was hilarious, man. I got back to the hall and I was like, did you oh. have any regrets? I. I don't think so. I don't think I'm a regretful person, to be honest with you. Like you can't, how do you, how can you regret that? Like you can't, man, there, there was so much good of it. And it was just like, I would never say, oh shit, I should put another year in because it's like life in general. You can do that other year. I'll stick Oh no, I'm not going to retire. I'm going to do How many years? Right? Yeah. How many years are you going to do it? And then you, maybe that year is the year where you don't come out of the place, you know, or whatever. Sure. Some shit happens. And it was like, no, I don't think I'm going to go that way. And I, you know what you earlier, we touched the boat and you said, like that kind of defines you, your career defines you. Yeah. I did feel it did to an extent, but I don't want to be just that. And I'm not right. saying no, that you, defines you. Yeah, you no, not you personally, personally me. But, but, but that most is, people. but it is a lot, uh, it is often how we describe each other. Yeah, and, of course. Someone know. else's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's nice. Yeah. It's nice to not be just that you would think you're more rounded. Like, you know, everybody should be. Well, and as someone who does know you, yeah. you're, you're, you're wicked rounded. See, like you, you know. should, you should have a little more to offer, right? Of course. Uh, right. now with that being said, uh, to offer yourself in that manner, it, that's, that's enough. Like, that's good. I think those credentials are okay. If you get, you know, of if course, you, you of course. do 30 years of helping people, man, you're, you're good. You get a buy, you get a buy, right? Like anything mm -hmm. else over above that is a bonus, right? But, um, yeah, it's just, it's crazy how, how people are, you know, people are so enamored by it. Like, it's just, it's phenomenal. You know, it's phenomenal that you can, you can put such a career in and do it. It's, it's, it's good, man. It's really good. So can you think of what your best day was? Oh, best. Um, probably the la the first and the last were probably the best, you know, the in-between stuff. It was just so much of it, you know, like there was just, it was just so much. If it was maybe a smaller department and you could have maybe, uh, absorb more of it you know what i mean or or i see uh, in, in, enjoyed more of it it was just so much it was so like we i've get together with guy buddies of mine you're you know guys i started with or guys i've come on with and been spent a lot of time with and they'll we'll all tell stories about this that or the other or have a laugh about something and it's like i don't even remind like you go what yeah. i don't even, like yeah, they're for, telling the story yeah. and, and they're going me you me and you remember that time we crawled in the thing i'm like what but I, that's but that's a 30-year career right i it's have a, the same thing with people say i saw a movie the other night and your name was on the credits huh? <laughs> yeah not yeah, even, i don't it, remember doing no, that no yeah you can i think you can only your capacity is only so much right we right. can only well too you're also in a zone man you're yeah not, you're not sitting here trying to make memories you're right. like you're, you're right you're trying to you're absolutely do, your, your head yeah. is in a completely different space you're absolutely right that's have you, have you had a worse day yeah there's been lots of bad ones like there's been a ton of beauties uh we had a uh when i was at dufferin and dupont the subway was there and i'll, I'll just say one uh, uh uh i'll put a a cachet over the top of it all the worst the worst tragedies that people suffer like the worst accidents and stuff they suffer is the least um pain or anguish they're in if you can understand that when somebody is really, if somebody gets a paper cut, they're screaming their head off. They're running around like mad people. When you, if you've, if you're cut in half, you're not screaming. Like they're so mellow and so laid back. It's almost surreal and scary. Like you've been to many close situations with people where you're right there in their face and they are 
heinously destroyed. Like well, your body's like your brain's going, "Hello, we we don't want to deal. Don't, don't want to do this." Like, and you're looking down, like I want you to be. You should be screaming your head off because that looks pretty sore to me. Like that's a lot. Yeah, of, yeah. That's a wow. Mm, that's no crazy. Doubt. Look, and they are not. They're very calm and matter of fact. Some people. Uh, some situations, I'm not going to say that. For, bring this, bring, yeah. bring, bring it down a little. Sorry, bit. we want to uh, see your pretty yeah, face. It just, sorry, just, sorry, just, sorry, Les. Yeah, I don't mean to interrupt you, man. Um, yeah, I just it's in, unbelievable how calm and sort of serene they are at that point. You know, like it's 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 fascinating, really, because you think you really should. I want some feedback, like I want some yelling and screaming, because I know that's got to be bad. Like, but they're not. They're just so like matter of fact, and they're talking to you and. Some people are not, obviously they're, they're so, you know, they're so, de- they're shocked out or they're, uh, yeah, they can't physically Well, what can't. I find interesting so yeah. far is just that you're talking about a guy yeah. perhaps cut in half yeah. or, or lo- yeah. losing a limb. Yeah. You're not even talking about fire. No. The, oh, beyond fire. Like, I mean, fire is the worst one. You mentioned the subway. Yeah. The subway. The girl jumps in, jump, we did the subway calls all the time and nobody understands. They don't publicize it, but people jump on the subway I don't want to say every day because I don't know if that's really the number, but um, it's regular. It might as well be. It's super regular. I've been I've shot in a subway where just over so and so. This subway. Yeah. Uh, someone has jumped. Oh, it's super busy, man. Like uh, that's 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 a huge uh, part of their responsibility on that department. And crazy, man. we'd have to go down and get them out. The TTC don't do it. The paramedics don't go on the platform, uh, off the platform. The police aren't doing it, so it's always a fire. And we would have to crawl, like they leave the train. So they stop the train. Of course, everything's shut down. The power, they shut the power. We make sure the power's shut down. We check, double check, and then we go under. And you crawl under that train. There's no room. Like, it's ridiculous. It's filthy as hell and dark as hell. So it's already the spook fact, you know, the scary factor is always huge. And then all of a sudden there's this, you know, person that's so destroyed. Like, the the train is the worst thing, man. Like, you can't imagine the damage that that thing will do. It's got steel wheels on a steel track. So, man, it's like a chain. It's better than a chainsaw, you know? Like, it's a, it's ridiculous. Yeah. We had this girl. She jumps down on the subway in the morning. We dragged her out. She's screaming and yelling at us. And um, obviously very serious about doing herself an injury. And she was banged up very bad. We get her out. And she's yelling and screaming at us, trying to grab for the... There's a power line. The third rail is the power rail. She's grabbing for that, trying to... She's going to kill everybody. And we... You know, we, we wrestle the hell out of her. How do you, two guys wrestling this woman underneath a train, like it's, I don't know, it's crazy. You know, we get her out and uh, get her onto the, the ambulance, take care of her and they, they're away. It was about, it was after, that was in the earlier part of the day. After dinner, we get a call back to the subway, same subway. We, she was under it this time and finished the job this time. She got out of the hospital. She went to emerge. She got sorted out, bandaged up. She escaped from emerge and jumped back at the train. Jeez. A second time. And that was like, to me, I just couldn't wrap my head around that one. That was just, you know, I was like, man, after all that, you got a chance almost, you know what I mean? Like how bad is your life that you got a chance? We dragged you out of there. You were so determined at that point to do it. And then you did it again. bandaged up and went and did it again. Like, wow. And that just sort of galvanized with me, trouble people, people when they're troubled, it can be so deep that there is no untroubling them. You know what I mean? They are just, wow. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's That's beyond. Sad, yeah. It's sad. It's sad. And it's a crazy statement on, on the human race. Like that we're that bent, you know, that we can't help each other or get help or whatever. You know, it's just,
it's weird, man. It's but really that cool. also goes to show that if they're mm. determined to do it, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. Just like anything, um, if you have that determination, that serious of a determination, well... Regardless of the help that's offered. Regardless of the help, you're going down to do your job, right? You're going to get that finished. So, yeah, it's amazing. And I think that's, hmm. that's the same as what we're saying, too, about, you know... The stunt game in that or fire department, whatever you're serious about doing, you will do to the best, to the best of it, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you'll you'll go all the way with it if you're serious, right? Right. Speaking of best. Yeah. yeah. Um, tell me about your bike. Ah, the bikes. Yeah, the, um, <laughs> ah, the bikes, yeah. Um, no, you, I told you to bring your bike inside uh, because... He thought he was on a, he, Randy thought he was on a, that less what came up on a bicycle. Yeah. Now, I don't know if I looked like I was dressed that way. I mean, I guess if I looked, like I came on the pedal bike, maybe, but yeah, well, you do uh, look no, like a pedal yeah, bike. Yeah, guy. you know, I said, I said to myself, he, he wears those boots on a pedal bike. <laughs> yeah, well, you can't see, you can't it's see. It's gonna be a tough uh, looking one. <laughs> you can't see Les's really tight, uh, skin tight shorts that he's no, wearing underneath you can't the see desk them here. Under, yeah. yeah, the spandex that I wear on my motorcycle all day. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a shot of Les with yeah. your permission. I'll yeah, like of take course. a shot of your bike and yeah. I'll post it up on this. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a sweet looking ride. Thanks, man. Thanks. Make sure you get a picture of the pickup in the background too. Oh, definitely. That'll frame it really nice. Hundred percent. Yeah, the bikes. Uh, uh, I've always been into cars and bikes and stuff. I mean, that's my thing, right? Like, uh, and I had a ton of cars. I've I was gonna do hot rod at the time, fifteen years ago or so. I thought, you know what? I'm gonna do a nice hot rod. I'm gonna spend the big money and do the, you know, the at the time, let's say hundred thousand dollar machine. I'm gonna really do a street rod. And I started thinking about it. I'm like, man, you know, you got what is it gonna take you two, three years to build it? It's uh, hundreds of hundred thousand dollars plus, and can I? Do I have the capabilities to do all those things, the fab and the metal and you're farming out the work and it comes back shoddy or you got to redo it? I've seen all those. Mm -hmm. I've seen all those catastrophes, you know, and I thought maybe the bike thing would be, you know, I like bikes and I thought maybe the bike thing, a good buddy of mine was doing custom bikes at the time when that was the rage, you know, and uh, I went over to his place. I painted a few bikes for him and he said, I got to shake these two bikes down. Can you come for, you know, can you help me ride the things? If I take one, it's going to take two twice the time. So if you ride one with me, well, you know, we can go for a ride. I'm kind of looking at this thing. Holy shit, man. Big stretched out chopper. And I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm, you know, righteous enough to drive the thing. It's a customer's bike. I'm thinking, man, all you got to do is wreck it. Or if it was my bike, I wouldn't want some jackass like me riding it. Maybe the first ride should be the owner. But anyway, we got huh. over that and I take it for a ride, you know, like once I wrote it, I was done, man. I was like, <laughs> I how long ago me. was that? That was like maybe 15 years ago. I okay. would say, and I thought, man, you know what? I need that job. Like, I, I don't think there's anything better. And they are good, man. Like cars had lots of cars, have a car, you know, like, like the cars, but they're not as sketchy as the bikes, man. This, the bikes are scary as shit. And hell yeah, they are. You know what I mean? Like, which I find really fascinating because a, a lot of firefighters that I speak to yeah. will always say they won't ride motorcycles anymore well, because of the, because of what you see. Yeah. And I do, and it plays with me. <clears throat> it plays with me. Trust me. Like I'm, especially when you're wrenching them. Now I'm like, wow. Like, you know, you can't have a bad moment on that bike. Like if something fails on it, it's over. A car, you can lose probably two of the wheels and still get it to the curb. For sure. You know, you're right. For sure. A bike. No, you uh, you lose a foot peg and you're dying. Like, it's over. You know what I mean? Something just small. You're finished. So the responsibility to make it right is cool. That's what I like. I like that sort of super pressure when you're building them. And then, of course, when they mm. work, when they work, the achievement is like, wow. 
Christ, well, I really? sat on no this doubt. scooter. This is ah, wicked. Uh, things of beauty. When they work, yeah, it's like, oof, man, it's good. And it's maybe that affirmation of uh, what we talked about earlier. It's not just who you are. You do, you can excel at other things and maybe excel really good at them. You know, that's kind of, right? I think we're all sort of running for that. We're trying to search for that goal, I think. I think, 100%. You know, you really want the best, right? Well, speaking of that, how, how did, how were you motivated uh, as a young man to get into the work you, um, you got into? I did, I was a firefighter from my earliest possible memories. Like, I mean, six or seven, five or six or seven years old, we're out pedaling around as the kids are, you know, you're playing on your pedal bikes uh, and uh, one, the kid comes off his pedal bike and I'm like the first one, I'm dropping mine and running over and like, you you know, sorting the kid out. I had no training. I didn't know. Take the kid's shirt off, put it over his lip because it's bleeding. Like, how do you, how does a kid know that? It's interesting no. that you recognize yeah. that. But I did. And I do like to this day, I go, wow, man, like I was pre-programmed for that job ages ago. Okay. I was about 16 years old. The car goes, we're at Morningside standing at the bus stop. Me and a buddy of mine, car comes down Morningside Hill off the, off the road, down the embankment. What the hell? I didn't even, I didn't even think, man, I was across that road running down that hill after the car. Like it was, I don't know how it's possible that, that somebody is already pre-programmed for that. Yeah, right? you know you're not a firefighter if today you pick up the phone to film yeah. the accident. <laughs> right. You That's know. when you're really not a part of it. Yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. But you might become it. a filmmaker. You might yeah, be a you, filmmaker. That's yep. true. Yeah, that's true. And there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Right? Yeah, you could be an investigative journalist and, and there's nothing wrong with that yeah, at all. Yeah, right? true. That'll, that can parlay into some good bucks. But um, yeah, like stupid shit like that all the time. Anytime when we were younger, we'd go camping and sure enough, the guy that jumps through the fire pit and I'd be right over, man, get your leg bandaged up, get the cooler, dump the ice water on it. Like I just got it, man. I got it. I remember that because I was the guy that jumped through the fire. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, right. That's the stunt guys. Like we're always taking care of you guys. man. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous, man. It's awesome. So yeah, as you would. And you would get into that field if you were the fire jumper guy. You know what yeah, I mean? You would. That's how it goes. And I think those are the guys you want to find. I think that's how you should find them too. You you know, when they sit down for an interview, police, fire, whatever, uh, w- you know, give us a little bit of your, you know, what did you do from you were eight till yeah, what 15 years old? You? That's, that's and, interesting. You know, and the person says, you know what? I did this. I did this. I could, you know, I cooked bacon and eggs when I was three years old. They go, man, you're chef's college for material for sure. You got it. Sure. And I think we'd be better off, man. Everybody would be doing what they want to do, whether it's minimum wage or not. But you'd be... Totally. Right? The guy who can do cooking should be cooking. Not working at the steel plant, wishing he was a cook. Man, like how... True enough. How tragic, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. tragic, man. Uh, we, we three are very fortunate oh. that, that we, we did what we love. Absolutely. And we continue 100%. to do what we love. I believe it, absolutely. And uh, it is... It's a testament to the fact you can where a lot of people maybe do that junky job thinking this is all I got, man. Like, you know, if, if it's not for you, move on, get your, get your shit together and agree. You know, take your guitar on the road, whatever it is, man, do what you got to do. Do you, see, about uh, making choices. Yeah, do, you, it is. do you feel like you uh, retired in a, in a good oh, period yeah. where, oh, cause today, time. cause today's like you said, it was a oh. little different. I oh, imagine you retired uh, and COVID hit. Do yeah. You see, do you see a future uh, for, of, of, of fire and how, and where oh. it might, I talk, I talk to a lot of guys that are still on the job who I came up the ranks with, you know, and some got like, they were the younger guys and they're still on the job now. And, uh, they're not experiencing the same job I did by any means. Like, well, get, like an example. Um, they, 
everybody's pulling like they and when i say everybody uh, i don't want to diminish the fact but the psd thing uh, psdd thing is going huge like they're it, it used to, yeah PTSD, PTSD sorry yeah, 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 PTSD. I, yeah you used and maybe that's what i got but maybe you um maybe before it would be the bad back syndrome or something in life but they're using that huge and it's that would never happen back in the day you know like i know guys that had crazy trouble and they would still drag themselves in to do the job you know what i mean they would be there because that's who they were and now i don't want to blame younger people at because everybody sort of trashes that you know younger folks and they say they don't have ethic they don't have uh, work ethic they don't you know they're on for a free ride they're you know mm-hmm. I, but but it's it is if you see that it's got to be true you know if it's it, we're seeing examples of it then it must be real in some sense you know I'm not saying everybody, I'm not blanketing everybody because everybody, you can't, right? There's great people and there's bad people and they're mixed up through the whole thing. But it seems to be a lot of that going on on our job and it's changed dramatically since then. And before there'd be a day when the older guys or the more mature, the more senior guys would, would beat the bad out of you. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying, but they would, they would make you better. And now they can't, there's no, none of that. You know what I mean? Sometimes shouting at people or giving people a serious talking to is going to sort them out. I think personally, that's how I was raised. That's how I was raised. Do you You think it goes back to what what I said earlier about uh, it's a calling? Yeah. And I'm I'm not taking anything away from people with PTSD. No, I understand that it's a real issue. They're using it. There, a lot of people are using it that maybe aren't, and there's a lot of people that have bad backs that maybe aren't too. You sure, know what I mean? Like sure. in every aspect. But and there's I, a lot of it's coached too. A lot of it's a coached. lot of it's uh, somebody saying, "Well, you must have this. You must That's have. Right. You That's should uh, yeah. think about what you can get out of this. Yeah. You can right. do. Uh, you know, there's all these other avenues that are uh, yeah. motivating this uh, this That's problem. Right. And I it's a, a paycheck. You know, it's it's turn. I find it's turned into more of a job. I want to believe a lot of it is from what we said before about the hiring practices. Once the city gets onto the hiring practices, they dropped all the standards for women to join the job. Fire department. They dropped the standards. And I feel that's terrible for women who want to be equal. Like the whole idea of getting women on the job or getting women to participate in the fire service was so an equality issue, right? That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't lessen the lessen their qualifications. And they did. Like they, it's, yeah, it's a, it's yeah, a the, historical fact. They dropped yeah, the regulations. A, you didn't need to do the, lift the big ladder. They had a smaller ladder. You didn't have to lift the hose. You could say, no, thanks. They can do that now. Even a big guy can say, no, I don't want to do the big hose. I'm not up for it today. Okay. I know a story of yeah. a guy, <clears throat> a, a, an old friend who um, was a police officer. And yeah. To make a long story short, no one, no one should ever be on the job that you were on who could not extricate you from an incredibly dangerous and death, you know, uh, exactly. situation. Exactly. hundred percent. That can't physically move exactly. you. Exactly. When you got your pack on and yep. you got all your stuff on. There's this, guys that can't move another guy. Right. Right. They shouldn't be on either. That's my point. Right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. And there are, there are women that, that exceed, exceed. Uh, a lot of men. You know, and, and I'm not slighting anybody. But you get up 30 stories after you've humped up those stairs. If you can't extricate the the citizen yeah. from that burning apartment, yeah. Yeah. who's in shit? Well, you're, first of all, that is going to carry with you for the rest of your life, perhaps, if you care. That's going to destroy you because you didn't do your job. 
And, uh, I, you know, how do you live with that? How do you live with yourself? You know, so I, yeah, you're, put, you're putting the person into a bad situation, making it worse, you know? And I, again, if, if you put yourself in another perspective, if you, if your legs get cut off in a car accident, do you want some young girl coming up to you and asking you how things are and like, you know, rubbing your neck? You need somebody to get me out of here with my legs, get me into the hospital. That's your, you know, like I'm going to die if I don't get my shit sorted out here. I don't need, you know, I don't want the less efficient person to be doing it. I want the best. Same as the cops. Somebody's breaking into my house and, you know, and threatening me and my wife. I want two great big dudes about six foot six who are coming in hot. Like, I don't want somebody looking down the street and maybe feeling out emotionally if, if, if everything's going to work for them. And you don't want that, man. Well, but even, that said, though, there are some females, there are some women who 100%. are on the job who are incredibly physically of course, capable. Of course. Um, but Give them their but credit. They, give it credit where credit is due. 100%. I don't think they're a great investment for the city because they're not going to do a 30-year career. That's just me. Ladies, by all means, physically active. I've, I worked with girls who were unbelievably fit, unbelievably capable, unbelievably motivated to do the job. Born from, from born, they were firefighters. They're not going to give you a 30-year career. That's just me. Their, their capacity will not be 30 years, 25 years on the truck, and then they'll be moving on to management positions or something to that effect. And that's fine, but you're not, the city will, it's not a great investment for the city. That, that's and that's just my blanket, no, no, that's, my blanket uh, statement. For the city, that's not a great perspective, a great investment. I think the city, if they're so concerned about numbers and money, which they are, and the financial aspect of it, they're going to be more costly. Hmm. And a, a lousy firefighter male is the same thing. Sure. If he's bad and he's costing you money and he's sick all the time or he's not playing the game, he doesn't want to get up to go to work, he's... They should not be on the. They should not be on the job either. Now, is there a union that protects yeah, them from being yeah, let go? Pretty strong union. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say the union is pretty strong, and they have their mandates, obviously. And I think some of their mandates could be, you know, could be lightened uh, up. Yeah, it could be lightened up somehow, some way, or or a little more righteous than they are. I don't know. You know, has COVID affected it? Do you know? I think COVID played I would a big role. It did. Yeah, COVID uh, really upset the whole scheme of things there i'm sure and uh the work we did you know the work the fire department did during covid was you know all obviously challenged as well right there was so many protocols and stuff in the way that yeah that was super challenging i'm sure you know i did through the uh, sars thing and it changed the job hugely that i mean you know the the uh wow decontamination and all that stuff like that was a huge part of our job man that just put another you know another layer on the cake right like that was just it was crazy just put another uh, you know big cog in the wheels right so yeah it's it's interesting i understand we have to change the world has to change but i don't see us changing for the better for some reason you know hmm. i just you know well, we're certainly not on a route that feels that way i don't think so i don't think so i mean because i think what you're what you're talking about is like across the board we I feel it in our own industry as it's, well it's everywhere our, like, in our industry safety is a massive uh role in fact yeah. it's so massive that it should be uh number one at yeah. all times yeah. but uh somehow it has uh it has uh, lowered itself on the ranks yeah. of, um, you know, what plays uh, important, uh, what plays the most important role. Um, yeah, in, in some scenarios, not not all of them, but um, yeah, sometimes I think it's the the wrong people are in charge. Yeah, I get you. Hmm. I get it. Yeah, the money makers are in charge. Well, <laughs> but the money makers, <laughs> are, even they're not completely 
money makers. You know what I mean? There's always that. There's always something that's confusing that whole issue to it. That's the problem with things nowadays. It's not black and white. Like it's so watered down. We have to be careful with all sorts of stuff. And I think we've gone. I think we've gone completely to you know the extreme. We got to come back to the center a little better. Yeah, the you know? pendulum has swung so far. Wow, we're in the race to the bottom. Like we're yeah. racing to the bottom. Everything's cheaper and bullshit. And you well, know. you know, I I don't mind. Like that's the thing is the pendulum is going so fucking far the one one way yeah. that I mean everybody's feeling it. Of I course, mean, more and more people are feeling this, and they and they want to see the pendulum come yeah, back. I so yeah. we're I think we're gonna come back I to hope. that center. I hope, but. But the, the Romans didn't, and the Egyptians probably didn't. So I don't know. Maybe it's, who knows, man? Maybe who not. Knows? Who knows? Maybe uh, we're doomed. Uh, we could be. We could very that's well be. That's my thinking. We could very I well really be. really do. At least a few <laughs> good people slide through, you know? Like, that's, yeah. what I'm th- that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah. Me too. <laughs> Me too. And we can build some apocalypse motorcycles. and Yeah, man. You know. Yeah, and race around, cause trouble. Absolutely. Cause and trouble. cars Mad, with cow movers on the front. And, Mad Max. Yeah. Mad Max. Yeah, Mad Max. Yeah. Yeah, that's not so bad. That's you know, that so sounds bad. like fun. Yeah, I think so. Sounds like fun. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wild. Yeah, man. Well, I don't know. Take us, uh, yeah, take, take us on, on a bit of a ride. Yeah, okay, go. Uh, let's go up a few stories. Okay. Um, What's it like? Like, really, I, down, down, do? downtown Toronto, man. It was busy, man. It was, oh yeah. You, hey, t- take a sip of that. I want to refill yeah, you. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was. Yeah, there was a, a plenty of good times. Uh, let me give you some good ones. Uh, we go to a call, Duff, uh, let's say it was uh, It was when I was at 26. How is that, by the way? This is very good. Hey, smooth yeah, and enjoy. silky. Yeah, it's yeah. incredibly and silky. smooth. And you do, get a, you do get good and high off it, that's a for sure. A buddy of mine drinks this stuff, Bart. Yeah, it's oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah, good to Bart, man. We, we should, you should get him a Yeah, yeah, I got to get Bart Shout here. out to Bart. <laughs> Shout, <laughs> Shout out, out to Bart. Bart, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> it was when I was at 26, Hall. I, should, I, I never did start off, but the first day I was at the hall. The very first day I went to 26 Hall, um, I got into the hall. You say your good mornings to the guys and stuff, and the kitchen was off to the side. And as a rookie, you don't just you don't just go in and go into the kitchen. Um, you sort of wait for your place, you know. And I I don't know how you know that. Like I don't know that. Uh, I don't think they said a word about that at the academy when we were training. I don't know how you how I knew about it, but anyway. You don't just go blasting into the kitchen like you're, you know, you're the new guy and you just, I stayed out on the apparatus floor. I got my equipment ready because that's why you're there, right? You get your equipment ready. And I think maybe one of the old captains at the academy might've said, listen, kid, you know, like when you get to the hall, it's, you know, put your head down and get to work. Like that's how it works. You just, you wait till you're, to, you're asked to do, you know, you're asked to come in for a coffee or something. You don't be just sauntering in there like you got the place and now you got your job, you're all good. You don't, you're on probation. So nose to the grindstone and shine, right? Make sure those guys see you shining. If you don't have a mop in your hand or you're not shining that truck or you're not looking at the equipment, you got, you know, there's a ton of stuff to do. And that was for sure a lot of, you get there in the morning, you want to make sure all your gear is ready to go. So that was a big part of it. You know, your own personal gear is ready to go. Like your left, your right boots where the right boot should be. And you yeah. know, that's all got to be right. Like, you know, your suspenders off your pants. You don't want them laying all over the joint. So you, make, you don't make want it. anyone else waiting for you. No, that's not the way it is. Right. And the new guy, you want to shine. That's the whole, that was the whole secret, right? Really shine. Sure. So I get in there, I got my stuff ready. I'm looking over the truck. Cause let's face it. This is probation. The first day minute you're in the hall, you could go out. You got to open a cabinet. You better know where the stuff is because that's, you know, as that's a huge responsibility. You got to know where it is. The cabin's not going to wait around for you to uh, figure out where the axe is or go grab a hammer and you don't know where it is. So, 
Sure. Um, I wasn't in the hall. I don't think I was in the hall 10 minutes. Uh, felt like It felt like a while, but I don't think I was there 10 minutes. We get a call. A Mustang, two young lads in a Mustang come barreling up the hill on Coxwell, and they T-bone this Buick, I want to say Buick uh, Century or something. They T-bone the side of this Buick Century on the passenger side. They kill the driver, kill the lady, um, so an older guy and his wife. They killed them dead. They went flying through the windows of the Mustang. The two of them went through the front window. Jesus. And uh, we get the call. So that's happened. We don't know. We don't know that when we pull up, we hear a car crash and we get there. So we pull up and here's the two cars, Mustangs into the, buried into the side of this car. The uh, driver's door of the Buick, the car is now V-shaped, you know, like, you know, it's busted open at the, the driver's door. The old fella, he's hanging out of the car, go running over to the car and uh, the the uh, driver's, he's, he's dead. His wife is dead. And uh, so... At the time where the first truck in, so you, you first, it's a triage situation, you know, like, and you, you quickly assess the situation. You can't help them very much and they're not in any significant danger. It's over for them, right? Like, so that's, that's, you move on to the next, uh, to whatever you can find. Now there's drivers in that other car and we don't see them. They're not in the car. The window's all punched out. There's blood everywhere. There's two guys running around the park. And there's a few pedestrians, and there's this is on Coxwell about nine and eight thirty in the morning. Oh, seven thirty in the morning. So there's lots of people around waiting on buses and blah blah. So there's people yelling and shouting. They're over there. They're over there. And we go running into the park now, and uh, he's these two guys, and the hands on their faces. The one guy's laying down already, screaming and yelling on the ground, and this other guy's running around the park. And because so of go, what they've caused, because of what they caused, plus they went through the windshield, so they're in a bit of oh, anguish. Right, they, right, they're right. in a bit of anguish, and uh, the guy laying down. A couple of the crew that the, the trucks are starting to roll in now, and a couple of guys run over to them, and they're get, you know they're attending to him. So, the captain that I was with at the time, Lauren Hartley, super amazing dude, and Lauren and I go chase this other guy down. We we got to tackle him to get him to the ground. He's yelling and screaming, and I mean he's going out of his mind. We get him to the ground, and he is he's you know he's there's blood from his fingertips to his elbows, and his face is just you know his face is a mess. We get his hands off his face. He's got glass safety glass just jammed in his face what a mess it was right so we got him sorted and uh, we get them on ambulances we get them out of there now we go back to the car and um, the old fella they've got they've already extracted the old guy because it was easy to get him out his the door was wide open busted open they undid the strap and they got him out so captain Lorne and me we go around to the other side they've dragged the mustang out of the way and we're going to take the lady out of the car and uh, we got the body bag down on the ground and uh Captain Hartley gets her. He comes in from behind her and he says, I got her arms. Like he crosses her arms. He goes, I got her arms. And he said, if you can just swing her legs out. So he's going to give me some instructions, swing her legs out. And we're just going to draw, take her off the seat and pop her onto this bag. Right. So we got the bag opened up and I'm like, okay, fair enough. And, uh, on three. So I think it was about two and a half. He starts lifting her and she is cut. She's totally severed from the seatbelt Her hips and they all stay. And the torso goes into the, he moves the torso and I'm, Sort of waiting on three, and now I get oh wow he's already getting her out. Let's I guess I gotta go and I go. Uh, she's in two pieces, man, like totally severed. Jeez. It was just and then everything, like she has this sort of dress thing on and uh, every so it's kind of covered. You're, you're not really seeing what's happening, but you can well assume what's going on because they're like you know, 
Yeah. It's like a circus act, man. Her torso is still sitting mm. in the seat, or her bottom end is still <clears> sitting <throat> on the seat, but the torso's moving. It was bizarre. Fuck. And uh, then it's like her fucking contents are all over me. They spill out all over the seat and all over my feet into the bag, obviously, because we're standing on the bag. He get, And now he looks at me with this fierce look in his eye, and he's like, move get her legs in there like there's tons of people around and stuff he's like get her goddamn legs in there so okay all right so we get her in and sort of put her in a normal looking position and get there in the bag and you know and i was just like man i'm like wow this was my like and this 15, is your first 15 day. minutes in the hall this is my first day at the job hey, how old are we 24 24 and i look Jesus. down and i'm just cut co- like just all over my boots and everything i'm just covered in it and i look down Jesus. and uh i'm telling you man if that wasn't the like if that wasn't a holy fuck an initiation moment. yeah like initiation the... by fire you know and uh he's like are you good and i'm oh man and there's i got a picture I sh- i'll i'll you guys got to see it i'll bring it i got a picture of i got a, the toronto sun photographer snaps his picture as i sort of turn around and i mean i was like this you know young kid with a friggin fire department you know the helmet on and everything but white as a friggin ghost man like that picture, like it's a, just a haunting image of like what, what, got, shit what got you through the moment. I, you know what, it didn't really bug me. Like it didn't make me go. I was like, you gotta do what you gotta do. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said I wanted to be a fireman, and so like so you got bu- you got to nut up, man. Like it's time. But again, I gotta remind everyone that's yeah. listening to yeah. this that this has nothing again to do with fire itself. That wasn't a fire call. It just goes to show uh, what you deal with the trauma, the the traumatic bullshit of life, man. It's it's every day. It's you know, and that's what we did every single day. Wow, it was man. it's Jeez. you know the, from people walking up to the hall with injuries, from people, and some of it wasn't as catastrophic. Obviously, some of it was enjoyable and fun. You know, like uh, help me out with this or help me out with that, and we go and do it. And that was kind of the way Toronto was too. Toronto was that older department. It was respected by the community, all those things, and right. now it's washing out. And I don't know why that is. The culture, our culture, maybe integrity, um, man. It's yeah, you flat. know what I mean. Like we used to, and I'm not, I'm not blowing it for, for those, for the reasons of it. But the bakery down the street, they knew they needed us. They knew they would have to depend on us. They'd come up with bre- fresh bread in the morning. You know, like that was the thing. They bring fucking bread to the fire hall. Wicked. You know, and we get people. Lady down the street makes an apple pie and brings it to the station. You know, like, brings the kids. She brought the kids in for a little tour. And next thing you know, the kids are making cookies for us. Like, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. that happened all the time. Appreciation, gratitude. From from the from the community. You know, it was such a community-based yeah. f- situation, right? And I don't think, of all the time I've talked to police, um, paramedics and that, they don't seem to get that same vibe. There was never that same vibe from and the public. From the public, right? Right, and I, and because people are all the best people are always standoffish about police. The nun, like if if a cop pulls a nun over, oh, oh I wasn't speeding, officer. Like the first thing out of her mouth, you know, she's not she's not welcoming. Well, the, that, she's not welcoming that's the, the stop. Thing. Nobody right? wants to see a cop coming to their door. No, well, there's pain, there's, there's, there's pain involved with the yeah, cop, yeah, right? But yeah. there's this, uh, the saving yeah. aspect and, with you guys, and we've seen it so many times too. Domestic disputes and everything, we'd go to. A domestic dispute, usually first, and we'd get there. The cops would come. The cops would fire it up, like the cops would not person, like not by themselves, but just their 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 appearance. Their appearance. The wife and husband now are starting to lose their shit. Well, we, the, the we had it sort of toned down. And, and who? who right. oh, I, I, I'm okay. Or yeah. I, I'm innocent. I'm right. innocent. Right. Uh, yeah. They're looking at the logistic part of it, not 
whatever the problem was. And I found that in every aspect of our job. Like it was just like we'd get in there, we could calm the situation down many a time before the cops. There was, there was, oh my God, man, there was tons of times. The one we had a fellow that was, it was uh, suicidally was going to kill himself. They got the call. We got there long before the cops and me and the rookie went in and we negotiated the whole deal, man. We settled, we settled the guy down. We were in the room with the guy and he was, he's going to shoot himself. He's like, no man, this is going down. We sat there and talked with him. Like just took our, took my helmet off, sat on the chair and he could have really popped us, but you, we didn't really think of it at the time. You didn't think you were jeopardizing yourself. Right. And that wouldn't happen now. Nowadays, that would, would never that would have been cordoned like off, that. man. Yeah, like that yeah, would have yeah. been, and he would have probably, who knows, it could have came out worse, right? Yeah. We chilled the guy out and talked him down, and he was like, "Okay, no problem." And we we're like, "Man, you, this is ridiculous. You got lots to live for." You know, we're not trained at it. Like, good God, it was the, probably the worst thing we could ever do. You know, hmm. and and I was like, you know, I'd say that's young guy on the job here. He just come on. He doesn't want to see this shit. We don't want to deal with it. We don't want to. We don't want to pick your body up. It's you know how much work that is, and we're starting to sort of work talk with him on you know pragmatic sense and it got through to the guy man he was like yeah you're right this is rubbish this is bullshit man i don't there's um there's there's tactical medics yeah they've been around forever yeah um is there such a thing as tactical uh firefighters um we no we didn't have a department like we didn't have specific trucks for that we would show up at all that stuff like any SWAT calls and stuff we'd be there now the tactical medics have to stand yeah, back. The they do. SWAT team goes in, does Understood. their thing, and then they come in. Understand? I understand that, but I've yeah. seen it in action on yeah. Eastern Avenue once, and they're yeah. wearing helmets and flak jackets. And, yeah. Um, oh yeah, well protected. Yeah, and and there was a lot of times where we would get there first and go in or approach the situation. You know, before there like there was no protocol of stand back and wait with us. That was just the way it was. What about now? Probably now there is. I want to say now there is. I would imagine so. Oh, there is for sure. And I mean, uh, if it's a police matter, then it's a big wait to, till they get that sorted out. And, and there are certain ones that you obviously wouldn't go to. Like, you know what I mean? If we pulled up and there was uh, mass uh, casualties or there's shooting going on, we're quite obviously not going to race into that. But m- a lot of what, times, what, a lot of times. What about a fire? Fires were in a hundred percent. Even if it was a tactical situation with the police? A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Oh Yeah. The, I think even now with protocol, if there's fire, that's like in a first aid situation. If you're not breathing, no matter what else is happening, breathing is important. Breathing is first and bleeding is and second. And this is because the fire can spread? Well, the fire can spread and it can be, yeah, you, they, that's not going to happen, right? You got to get the fire out. And that's our job too. We would have, we would pressure any uh, decisions, you know, if they're saying, no, you're not, we are for sure. Like what? Can, like what, where, where, I mean, you're saying Trump uh, or uh, fire Trump's everything yeah, to some degree like yeah. and what what do you mean we the guys who showed up would do it so like it, the, it would be right to the ground level if there was an active shooter yep and it was, wherever that person was held up yep. and it was on fire you guys are going in no matter what i'm guaranteeing you would go okay, in okay that's interesting yeah, i'm guaranteeing you would. and i'm and i'm going to put it into perspective if i was the operational you know operational uh, captain of that situation there might be officers there there might be chiefs saying not to and that might be fine and dandy. You could still fight it. You'd still find a way to fight it. You know what I mean? It might be through the window. You might not be going, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, okay. Right? Sure, sure, just sure. a new angle. A new angle. A you might take a, a creative approach to it. Did if there was no other option, though, like we'd be going in. Like if it's say, well, there's hazardous stuff in the back. And if we don't catch this, we're in trouble. A lot of times out exterior firefighting isn't going to cut the, it's it's not going to happen. Now, see, this it's, is, this, is, this yeah. brings up another point. Yeah. You hit a building. Yeah. 
you have no idea what's in there. You don't Some, even know what it looks like inside the doors. You have no idea what the floor plan is, nothing. So now, do you, do you endeavor to discover what's inside a building? Like, there could be explosives, oh, yeah. and there could be... Uh, you have to treat everything like there is. That's how we okay. used to do it. Okay. You treat every situation like it's the worst possible scenario, and anything under than that is a bonus. You want, it's you it's just easier want. to come back it's, yeah. than it is to discover and keep well, new yeah. shit. Because discovery is such a long process sure. and such a time consumption, and you can't carry enough. Equipment, now, now, equipment to solve that, all the you know all the problems. You can't carry enough stuff to sure. Now so. there is a certain level of respect uh, toward a firefighter uh, from the everyday citizen. Did I would you hope get, so. Did you I also? So. Did you did you feel that you got that kind of respect from even uh, someone perhaps doing wrong? Oh yeah, oh for sure. Oh yeah, yeah I think so, a hundred percent. Like an active shooter situation, I mean, that's pretty extreme, but uh, is anyone, have you ever been in a situation mm. like that where you felt like, uh, oh, fuck, and, and, and uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if, um, that's a good one. I, like it's, I don't, it's one yeah. thing, a, a cop is, uh, I, I assume when a cop gets to something like that, that they are, they sort of feel, uh, they sort of... Uh, are a threat to somebody, yeah. Yeah. but a uh, firefighter is no, no I threat. I don't think so. And I felt that for sure. Lots of times we weren't, we're not a threatening. They were so welcome. To, they were happy to see you like hundred percent. If you show up when somebody's shit's going down, they were happy to see you. Nobody barricaded us out or troubled us, you know? Really? Yeah. And hmm. I have to sort of, I'll step back a little bit because there was a few places like 10, 11 lands down was a big building at the corner of Dufferin and DuPont, which uh, historically, it's been in. It's well recorded. It's the worst building, worst apartment building in the on the planet. I mean, you know, it's like ghetto beyond ghettos, and and the place was crazy. It was nothing but drugs from the bottom to the top. It was constantly on the news. Like, was it, was there movie studios in the back of it? Uh, I think there was some stuff. I shot some stuff up. I think okay. there was some stuff in there. I mean, yeah. when I think about the area, it's, Dufferin it's and a Dupont, pretty, pretty, yeah. it's a shithole of an area. Yeah, it's and a there's a, there's a railway track at the back of it, the Junction Triangle. The Junction is what they called it, and that building was really bad. And we had stuff thrown at us there. So I I won't say that everybody respected us, but most people with a some amount of sanity did like that place was crazy. They didn't respect themselves. So they're not respecting you. Right. The shit yeah, they, they yeah, would throw yeah. beer bottles out the windows when we pulled up and we were there constantly too. So that was another thing. We were sort of a bane of their, you know, we got in the way of the, of the party. Of basically. The operation yeah, or whatever's yeah, going on. Exactly. Okay. And it, that was pretty hectic. Like that was a crazy place. We had a, we had a really nice girl. She used to be parading up and down the street. A lot of prostitution and drugs. We picked her up many times off the street for drugs and she jumped out of a 12-story window and survived the fall. Whoa. When the cops busted the place, they called us and they said, we're going, we're doing a bust at 1011, so show up. We pulled in. The cops were already there. They were well into the bust thing. And uh, she jumped out the window out the back of the apartment and landed on the ground. She was so wrecked from that. We picked, picked her up, got her in the ambulance, got her taken care of. And uh, she walked around the streets after that, the same... Like all decked wow. out, her gear all contorted. Yeah, her legs were all busted up. And Jesus, man. Jesus, man. Yeah, these people are—they're superstars. Like they're superheroes. You know, they—they they got power beyond. If they could only channel that that stuff, they—they could—they could rule the world, man. Those people. See, speaking of superheroes, yeah. did you ever deliver a baby? A uh, couple of three babies, probably three or four. I nice. bet you three or four. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty shocking and pretty, uh, yeah, surreal and weird and all those things. You know, it's just yeah, like. Uh, 
I don't have kids personally. I can relate to it. You know, uh, yeah, it's 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 weird. It's no, a weird, I mean, it's that, a weird scene. It sounds like a heroic thing, but uh, uh, it's pretty it's pretty humbling. Like it's pretty humbling. Yeah, I and got it. those people do feel thankful for it. You know, like. They, they feel pretty thankful when it happens too, right? So you there's know. probably three or four kids out there named Les. Yeah. Yeah. They had them in, yeah. <laughs> they had them in, uh, we had one in a car. Lady gave birth to the kid in the car just up on, I want to say, Bluer and she pulled over and uh, called us and we, we delivered the baby in the friggin' front seat of the car. Wow. Slid the seat back and it happens. Made man. her relax and yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's just a very classic situation. Yeah, it is for, for sure. Oh, yeah, like for sure. And You're TV. delivering babies like yeah. it's coming out of style, yeah. Now, you once you once told me a bit of a story about uh, where you busted out your wrench. Oh, man. Can, I, can we tell <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, you can. I, no, it's a beaut, man. It's one of those ones. Some, some you forget, but some are just like. If you could put it in, if you could produce it a little better, and you could have got the right lighting and cameras, it would be a. It would be <laughs> well, a. You do, you're mentioning this building. Beaut. Yeah, and and it was it wasn't ten eleven, but it was like in that whole area. There's about three or four buildings, and it was an apartment building, uh, in sort of in that junction. It was mm-hmm. yeah, and that was a that whole area was bad. But again, ten eleven was the worst of the worst. It was it's been in the paper m- many times in Toronto. They, they're like this is the worst building on the planet for trouble, drugs, Fuck. and all those things. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, we get up to the apartment, the one apartment, and um, we got it as, I think we got it as, if I want to, I want to believe it was like a fight or something. We, it wasn't, it didn't even sound anything. It was like some kind of fight or something was going on, or just yelling and screaming in the hall or something. So we get up there, and uh, it was like the sixth floor or something. We get out at the sixth floor, and there's a guy laying down halfway up the hall, and the halls are big. They're, want to say, 50, 60 feet, let's say, and uh, there's a guy about midway up the the hall and as we get out of the elevator you can see he's bleeding not sure how you know from 30 feet away you're not sure how but we get up there and he is bleeding so bad he's he takes his hands down from his neck and he's cut his neck it's cut through he's got two big slashes or three big slashes on his again some some stuff on his face one great big gash on his neck or two big gashes on his neck his neck was opened up like to the point he's not breathing he's he's you know, like he's gasping for air and he's got this big cut on his shoulder. So we're sort of dealing with the guy and the end of the hall, we're down on our hands and knees dealing with the guy, basically trying to push his head back and try to get some kind of oxygen flow and, um, scrambling for equipment in the bag. You know, we got our O2 bag and, uh, stuff. We're scrambling for that and getting some big pads on him and start trying to, you know, sort of contain this bleeding and stuff. And the door at the end of the hallway swings open and out comes this guy in a sort of, um, mid-eastern guy and he's got this uh it was uh, like a waist uh, i don't know what do you call it a skirt for god's sake uh wrapped around a towel or wrapped around him or something he comes he's running out of the a building and he's yelling and screaming with uh about over 24 inches nearly 30 inches i'm calling it a sword it was no bread knife like it's a sword he comes running swinging Jesus, that thing man. swinging it above his head leave him leave him or whatever he's shouting yelling and screaming at us and uh he comes running at us and we're on the you know it's one of those things when you get focused in on something, but you still have to stay aware, especially aware of where you are, because we don't know how this happened, but we know it wasn't, he didn't do it. We know, you know, there's no tools around for the guy to do it to himself. We don't know where he came from. The doors are all closed. So we don't know what apartment he came out of. And when they saying there's a yelling and screaming match, you're kind of thinking somebody else. Like my first thought was somebody did this to the guy. He didn't do it to himself. Sure. So you're kind of keeping your peepers, you know, you're keeping your awareness uh, level high. Anyway, as soon as the door busts open, this guy comes running out, big sword, waving it above his head. 
it was so big that he's running down the hall and it's scraping the walls and the ceiling as he's swinging it around. Fuck. So it's 30 inches, man. It's a it's a bloody sword. Not a, you know, it's no knife. It's not a knife fight. It's seen out of Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it's right. not a knife fight, man. It's a sword. And uh, he come on as quick. Like, he come on as super fast. And we're busy, super busy with this guy because it's, he's dying. Like, it's, it's, he's not just, it's not something where I can leave one guy. There's, it, we needed all the hands we could on this guy to sort of deal with this, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we used to have these uh, about uh, 24 inches long. It's made of uh, cast aluminum. It's got a square hex on it, uh, a square uh, opening on the end for hydrants to take the caps off mm-hmm. of hydrants. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. I know the tool. You've seen and, the tool. Big one with uh, a lot it's of leverage. A, it's yeah. a beauty, right? It, it, it's cast aluminum, so it's not super heavy, but it's super, it is pretty heavy for aluminum. You know what I mean? It's a good piece. We used to wear it in a leather holster on our belts. That was our, that was kind of your your tool, right? You always had that on. A guy comes running down the hallway, and I, I don't know what possessed me. Like, cause there was there was plenty of shit we could have done. I could have got up and <laughs> I could have got off my knees and did something. But I, he comes running at us, and like I just I look up and I just see the 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 blade going high in it. When it goes high, you know what's happening. Like it's he's it's gonna come down. Well, it's coming what, down, yeah, man. Yeah, the the yeah. hammer's coming, right? Yeah. And I reached in for the I reached into the thing and got it out, and I just I sort of stood up and swung my swung my uh, hose key at him. And it caught him right on the chin. Like, it couldn't have been better. And it split his chin as it went past him, but it knocked him over, like knocked him back. It was a good one. Like, it was a great swing. And I'm standing up, so it was all, it was full yeah, on. So he he got yeah, a good all, launch. Got oh, he leverage. got a super good launch. <laughs> and it's got 24 inches, so it had a nice little pendulum action. Yeah. And it caught him just sweet. It was like when you hit a home run, it just hit, like it hit that pop. And it was, man, it, it <laughs> busted fuck? him. It busted him down. He went down on his back. And I now... So I, I was up, but not completely up. I just dived over and grabbed, you know, get rid of the friggin' sword. sword and yeah. and uh, he lay there. He didn't, he didn't budge till we were finished. Like, I hope that sword's up on your wall now. Well, yeah. it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, Jesus, man, how do you keep all your souvenirs? Or at least that wrench. <laughs> the, well, the wrench, yeah, the, the wrench. wrench is, yeah, it was significant, man, because <laughs> it probably saved two guys from getting a sword in the neck, man, for sure. It was yeah. coming down on us like... That guy was not stopping, man. He was, now, did he you was, ever discover whether it was that sword that did the? Well, thing? we don't know. We don't. And oh, again, you, never, okay. you know, a lot of times too. There's times when we, when I, when we would follow up, we'd phone the hospital and ask some questions how the person was, or the, you know, those kind of things. Sure. But a lot of times, you really don't. I imagine you really don't want to know, man. I, like, I know. imagine there's ones that are more sensitive than yeah. others. And, and, and the cops or... would, the cops would come by and give us stuff. Like they'd come by and chat too, right? Because, like I say, where we were, the cops were kind of regulars at that hall, uh, at that area too. I don't think that's the same case everywhere else, but you know, so we had sort of the crew of cops were the same and the crew of paramedics were, we all worked together. So they'd come by and say, Oh, you know, wow, that this, that, or the other, they give us some, you know, sort of into the case of what was going on. Right. It was kind of cool. And we'd been, we were at, mm. and then we'd be sequestered. Of course, if it was something we'd be sequestered to trial, if it was, sure, if it was the case, right. We've been to, I'd, I'd done that a few times. We even come murder trials and stuff like that. But yeah, just, like I say, those are daily events. They were daily events, man. That was nothing out of the ordinary. Like, you know, you get back to the hall and talk about it. It was just like everybody say their piece. You go, yeah, we clocked the guy and knock. Oh, yeah, okay, right. You know, it's we- fascinating because unless you're a friend of a firefighter and you get to chat with them over a beer or you, whatever you're doing. And, you're not going to hear Or you're it. married to them. Yeah. You have no idea yeah. that this actually happens yeah. on a daily, daily basis. basis. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And you know what, too? A lot of times it's not sort of something like I don't really... It's only because we're in this setting I would sort of be blabbing about it. Sure. I, I'm not that guy. Like, I don't I don't start my every conversation with, hey, how you doing? Oh, by the way, this guy got freaking, you know, a sword in the head. Like, I don't really, 
I'd rather not do that. You know what I mean? Like right. if it comes up and you need to, you know, I'll say to somebody, you know, for hopefully for betterment, like sure. that's kind of, you know, that was, and that's my whole sort of stigma with this today too. Like if you can help somebody, like I'm not saying these things for no reason. If you can help somebody, you should, you know, you should hundred percent. So if there's any kind of takeaway from the stupid stories and the, the gore of it all, like help people don't run away. And if you can't help somebody, if you haven't got the capacity to hold the bleeding neck or help the person in some way, shape or form, go get help and come back. You know, like don't just go get help and then leave, go get help and then come back to that person. And it's important because a lot of times they're, the only help they're going to get is you or somebody, and they might not be the best helper, but at least they can go get help. And I've said that to everybody, talk to them and say, you know what? If you saw somebody, what would you do theoretically? And they would be like, oh, I can't stand blood I, or whatever. I, I wouldn't be able to do it. Okay, good. Don't look, hide away at the blood, you know, cover the blood and go run and get help. Get somebody who can. Sure. And that's hugely but important. But there's got to be something that takes over too. I mean, the, the I adrenaline so. takes over. I, I think mean, so. I've been in scenarios too where I, like I've seen a, a motorcycle crash yep. where somebody ran a, a stop sign and uh, a couple uh, sitting on this bike literally outside the Harley store. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and somebody hit the car. Or the sorry, the the car went through the the stop sign. It was uh two two people in their nineties yeah. uh, in this car, and yeah. uh, a couple hits hits this uh, car on the side. They go flying over it. By the time I look up, there's two people in the air. Wow! And they came crashing down, and the you know lady's legs all busted up, and uh, she was busted up pretty good. Her, yeah. her some of her clothes were even ripped off and things like that. And I mean, I, I've never been uh, or considered myself as somebody who would. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, but you I'm did not like against uh, blood or, or no. I, it's not like, uh, yeah, but there is a thing. And then all of a sudden something takes over. You just go over there. You do whatever you can to assess the situation. Well, call who you need to call. You know, I agree with you to a, to a fault, but you know what? You're the same guy that would open the door for the lady this morning at the, yeah, at the, sure. at the store, at the coffee shop. Like you helped, you held the door while the lady and her kid came in. You didn't go out first. You could have. And people do, they barge out the store and they don't think they don't. So there's a, okay. you've already, you've got a certain propensity for it. Like some, and you can see people that don't, I mean, I've been to True. places where they'll walk in and they don't even, maybe it's a spatial awareness thing. I'm not so sure that it's because they're so important or they're selfish. I think it's maybe they're spa- They're not really aware of the surroundings. They don't know there's somebody behind them or, but man, that's, that's usually important. Like Help people along the way, man. It's when you say when I say help, I don't necessarily say you gotta you gotta stop the guy's arteries from bleeding. You can hold the bag for somebody or take a you know, let the person get their grocery bag first or get the better tomato or whatever. Like be, Christ, man, like you know, let's Yeah, yeah, man. Let's get on with this thing, man. We, yeah, you know, that's something that's seems right? to be uh leaving. Well, leaving big time, man. Chivalry is it's a dying dying art, man. Like it's a dying art. And I don't think you can be taught it. You know, like it's serious, man. It's serious business, you know. I imagine that in the in in your uh, I don't whether whether it be at your station or at another uh, that uh, firefighters are coming in and going. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. That whether they whether they feel it was for them or not, or mm-hmm. or you felt it was for. Oh them yeah, yeah. Not. They don't fit in. Maybe they don't fit in quite right with the group. They want to. Uh, they want to challenge uh, your techniques or thoughts or something, and they want to challenge that. That's all fine and dandy, you know. And and um, there's book 
There's book smart guys too. There's guys that are very technically astute with it when it comes to firefighting practices and stuff. But practically, that's a whole different ball game. Practical right. firefighting, practical, Hold, holding pra- a hose and running into a fire. Practical firefighting is a huge difference from what the books tell you and what underwriters' laboratories have tested and make sure under scientific settings. Okay, if you put the water there, then the steam puts this out and that. Yeah, well, that's all good and dandy, but. The steam rises and the people upstairs are going to get killed. So there's certain things, you know, there's a whole, the, the parameters are so much okay. more confusing, right? That was fascinating. Yeah. You, you know, I no, never no, thought no, about no. that. Yeah. that <clears throat> I'm not a firefighter, never yeah. trained. Yeah. So the fire's here. Yeah. Yeah. Water and fire yeah. makes steam. Yeah. Instantly vaporizes. So you, yeah. you hit the fire with the water. Mm-hmm. And you have to know where that steam's going to go. Yeah. Because if it goes into the apartment upstairs, yeah. right. those people yeah. are going to be scalded. Yeah. Roasted. Yeah, for sure. Fascinating. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. man. The yeah. angles. Yeah. Oh, that's... it. There's a lot of stuff going I've on. I've never thought about it. There's a lot of stuff going on. And you can move the fire when you don't want to, too. There's tons of that. Like, structural firefighting is a... Like, they have it as a science. I mean, that's a studied science, structural firefighting. Interior firefighting is a science, man. It's been studied by the smartest minds ever. And they are still studying it. You cannot beat Super it. You cannot beat it, man. It is incredible. It, and, you know, you might force it into the walls and you force it up the chaseways, you know, like uh, uh, inside the walls, you fire, you, you chase the fire up there and that's, that's making it worse. You know, like it's, uh, there's a ton to it, man. There's, and, and now you're going to do this in total darkness, under total duress, conditions that are unbear- untenable for any human being, temperatures that are beyond, you know, beyond heat that you can bear, gets to a point where it's, when it's so hot, no matter what you do, you cannot stand up in it. Like it will, it will slam you to the ground. Like it's just, I don't know. It's, it's a natural thing. You cannot even, you can't even stand up or move or or penetrate the heat. It's that, it's that hot. Your body is like not going to do it. Your, your body just says, no, you're laying down or you're going to crawl out on your belly because there's no way you're going to stand up and run out of here. So what's the first yeah. thing that you're Jesus. thinking going yeah. in, going into a big fire like that, yeah. where everything is kind of all the next uh, building is yeah. you know, only so far apart. What is your, what's your first? Well, the only, the only way to nail that is you got to find the start of it. Like it's like anything. It's like a, a simple fire. Uh, it's in a corner of a room and there's a simple little, uh, small little fire this big and it's burning. If you deal with the curtains and the walls and deal with that, the source is still there. You have to get the source, get the source initially. And then the rest of it is just peripheral rubbish you can handle. So that's the whole secret is to get in, to get the source. So structural firefighting, you have to get to where it started. That not might not be at the front door. Like it's raging at the front door and the whole rooms are, you know, two, yeah, the yeah, front yeah, two yeah. rooms are burning, but that's not where it starts. You got to get to where it There's is. There's a motivation somewhere in there that's yeah. getting so this fire. Like it's the gas coming out of the stove. Perhaps, or it's the, where the initial fire is, is really right. is because that's where it's consuming. That's where it starts to burn. And it's the rest of the stuff is, is, you know, uh, is distant from it. You know, it's, it's, it's out on the outskirts, the periphery of it. You need to get to the meat and potatoes of it. Source. Now you have to get rid of this. You can't, you can't possibly get through it. So you have to get rid of this on the way through, but you still got to get to the source. And it's uh, structural firefighting is a whole different ballgame, man. It's nasty and it's, 
It's just down and get to it. You know, you got to push ahead and push on to get it. And if you let it go, it'll be over you and behind you. And you don't want that. You don't want to be. talk about nut up. Yeah. You got to nut up, man. And you got to make sure the fellas with you are, you know. Well, see, that's the deal. Right. Whoever's with you, if you're pushing forward and they're pulling back. It's time. Like, it, you yeah. got to go, man. You got to go. When like, we when we had Shawnee in here, we were yeah. talking about SWAT coppers. You yeah. Know, they're a team. You know that the boy off your shoulder has yeah. got your back. 100%. And man. you have to know that about yeah. your team. Oh, big time. And that's what I say about this. When you question anybody, like you're at the fire hall, that's your, that's your interview for how things are going to go at the 100%. scene. You know what I mean? So when you're sitting around the table... And you're all on same, you're all in the same thing, and you're all laughing about the same joke, and one guy's not laughing so much. Wait a minute. And every time he chirps in about something, it's like, well, that's a little off topic or a little off this, or he don't like green beans. We all love green beans. Wait a minute. Like there's some, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know, my friend. I think you should I think you should go over to the the other truck, you know. I think you should go to the truck where the guys like the corn better than the green beans because yeah, we're yeah. green bean guys here you know totally. so that's a big huge part of it man. yeah there's a whole lot of people listening right now and, and they don't not going to get that metaphor but i get it right and they don't like i pe- fucking hate green beans well <laughs> yeah but there, there's people that say to it like they say well how come that shouldn't be the way the city like you can't say that the guy can't be at your hall well you know what Three of us get, we, four guys, three of us, we come in in the morning, three of us get down to business, they get the toilets clean, we get the floor clean, the hall's looking good, we're getting all ship shape, we've been outside on the apparatus floor, are all our gears ready to go? And this guy's texting his wife or something, like making sure that the babysitter got off okay and all this. Like, yeah, get get over here and be a firefighter. Like join the team, man. There's a reason why we're doing all the, the psychologically, no matter if you know it or not, or if anybody even planned it, to go and clean the toilets together and get all that dirty work done, that's part of fighting a fire. Yeah, we that do, is we, a huge part of the firefighting aspect, man. We, we do the same thing in the stunt business. Right. I mean, everybody we, wraps the ropes. Everybody we, absolutely rigs every, the thing. Absolutely. We all know that guy is not a part of the team, and I don't trust that. Right. Because I have people's limbs and lives at stake. Right. You're going to do the thing, get the bag all set up for the jump and that, and he's going to be sitting there, what, getting his bio right ready for the next job? For the shop? next job. Come on, man. Like, yeah, I mean, right? can, everything that you have said so far, like only now are we literally, I, I, I keep saying this only because the perception, the outside perception has got to be completely whack. Uh, you it's know, ni- we, it's only nice. now we're getting to fire. Well, it's nice. <laughs> like, yeah. It's unreal. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, even me, I mean, I've never had any doubts, uh, about the courage it takes or the, um, respect levels and, and the brotherhood even, I yeah. just, I yeah. just, but I'm learning like about a billion yeah. new, new aspects wow. of what and, it means and to you be know a what? fighter. That's maybe the benefit of three guys sitting around shooting the breeze, man. I mean, you I'd know, that's so. Do you think has has there ever been um, has there ever has anyone ever brought f- forward uh, the thought to change the term firefighter? Well, it, w- it used to be fireman. Yeah, fireman. So they've already changed it. Yeah, they, because they encompass right? all. They've already different, changed it. Man. But to in, to take in everything that you do. Yeah. Like. Well, oh true. God. Like half, it's well rounded. Half, half you guys are medics. Half, you know, you're you do. Yeah. Somewhat police work. Yeah. My God. I don't know how like super gods would go on the, 
on your credentials. Super gods? Yeah. yeah but some like, of I don't know good, how though. the badge would look. It's pretty good. You'd pretty have pretty to spell gods G-A-W-D because yeah. yeah, yeah, somebody's going to complain about Complain that about it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, so when you put those things into perspective, a lot of times, and the thing with the women on the job and stuff, I was always, I would always think to myself when I sat there and I, I worked with a few over the years, not directly, they were never associated on my truck, but we, they'd be in the hall or something. They destroyed the dynamic of the hall, first of all. Like having a woman in the hall is, it's, it just wrecks it. It totally wrecks it. I don't care how butchy they are or how guy they want to be. They try so hard. Like it's a, it's a shame for them to be, honestly, I'm sad for their, because they got to try so much harder. They can't just be themselves and do their job. They got to try so hard to perform and uh, come up to that expectation of, of that, of the job. Right. Hmm. Um, it, they change the dynamic of the hall just beyond measure. Like it turns into a workplace and not a fire hall. And it has to be a fire hmm. hall. Can't, it's gotta be a fire hall. It's gotta be, it's gotta be four or eight or how many guys are stationed there all on the same page ready to do it you know and i don't think the girls bring that to the table i don't want to i don't want to belittle it's gotta them. be an exception I, well there is exceptions for sure and there's guys that shouldn't be there and like we said before the green sure. bean the corn guy's gone but you know it's totally. interesting what you say that there's a study uh where the army is letting women um take on combat uh roles, roles. yeah and the study is showing that in a group of men, and I'm not slighting anybody here, nope. you know, let's just cover that. Yep. Um, a group of men will go out, yep. and the guy on my shoulders got my back. Yep. And we're doing, we do what we do. Yep. It's all good. Mm -hmm. But then once, once you introduce a woman yep. into the combat situation, the guys feel to protect her. Yep. That's our nature. Interesting, and yep. it's 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 just human nature yep. that you and I, the three of us, would go in together. Of course, we've yep. got each other's backs. Yeah, but we're moving forward. But, right. I, but our brains aren't thinking of protecting right. her. That's right. But now, I now uh, I'm sure that woman would say, "Nut up, you fucking bunch 100%, of idiots!" And I don't I, want and you to do that. Acting like this, absolutely, or or, or I'm not going to feel like I'm welcome but, here. But, but that, we're wired. But that won't. Yeah, that doesn't negate. Our situation, natural That's right. yeah, inclination, I, yeah. As is their natural inclination to nurture and protect, and to and to uh, you know to protect their. But uh, on the other side of the coin, though, yeah. there's a time when oh, that's good. Female firefighter oh. would or or cop or yeah. soldier would step in and do something do better. Something you'd never do. right. Do something better, so, perhaps, perhaps. Yeah, I mean that's a better way of looking at things. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm no scientist. I don't know everything, but but I mean if 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 but we can't uh, afford I don't think we can afford that spot. They shouldn't afford it cuz now we have we used to have four firefighters on a truck. Now we got three men and one woman. We're affording that position of her doing her thing best that she can do occasionally that is compromising the, what we that, were talking about correct. before. Yeah, so totally. If understand. if she's the fifth player, great. Okay, because they do bring something to the table, right? And I mean, I've sat around a fire hall once in a while thinking, you know what? It'd be really nice to just break out the crochet and do a little crochet right now. How cool would that be? You know, 
We could do a little crochet with her, and <laughs> we could just sort of settle our shit down, chill out a little, so I'm and so really glad. come up with a nice toque or something. I'm so glad you're the one that said that. Right? So I'm just saying, there are those options, man. Yeah, and no. we, should be, we should welcome it, not, not fight it. Of not course. Fight it. And there are, there are professions that uh, men suck. Absolutely. Huge. Well, Hugely. Yeah. Hugely. Yeah. And they shouldn't be doing it either. They Not really, be, but yeah. They shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> and again, I, I don't think they shouldn't do it. I just think we should visit how we integrate them into the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, I mean, everybody's unique and has their own uh, right. way of doing things. It's just, right. it, it's, it's just that uh, somebody, I mean. And, and is, there, is, there, is there places that people shouldn't be? Is there? Of course. Yeah. Is there? Oh my but, God. But again, like, like, like we're talking about, especially now, uh, there's a certain perception, uh, that, that, uh, that people have about a firefighter and, and, uh, I'm sure that there are women or small guys or, or, yeah. or people who don't have the knack just to deal with, yeah. uh, the, what you've been talking about, yeah. uh, who, who have watched movies or read books mm-hmm. or even, um, Trained, even trained, perhaps for uh, it. W- yeah, whatever it might be, they may good. just have. Um, they just not, might not be uh, thinking about it uh, as as truthfully as it actually is. I want to believe that That's for it. sure. I want to believe that for sure, and I also believe that if if uh, you're hiring other people, women in general, then what would be the problem with having the full truck of women? in a certain station have a whole truck of women because there's whole trucks of men. So what about a whole truck full of ladies? That going, can't be going, a bad thing. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it uh, be easily recognizable of their performance? Even a whole truck of miss of broken toys. I like to call them like a lot of guys that don't fit in very well, but are, they may be great firefighters, but they're just not, they don't fit in with everybody else. Uh, maybe you put all them on the same truck. Then what? That would we not see that within a few calls that, well, guess what? The performance there is not really the best. Yeah, yeah, Or yeah. it is, oh my God, look how I'd, good they were. Yeah, I'd almost bet, like what you're saying. You couldn't if, do if that? Couldn't whole, we do that? A whole, if you put a whole truck of females uh, uh, on, on, you know, on the next call or whatever, yeah. you may find, you may, you may find uh, different uh, benefits. You, abs- absolutely. You may, you may absolutely. find anything. Well, then we would find. We would find it all. That would be the the, the hmm. watershed test, would it not? Yeah, I completely agree. Right? Sure. And don't have to listen to these, you know, ridiculous firefighters talking about how you know all oh, women are this or that or they're no good. Oh, we'll shut that right up. We'll stop that directly by putting a truckload of the girls together and watch them perform. Simple as that. Yeah. Let's see, see it. Let's see yeah, it in action. At the end of the day, it's not man or woman. I it's, don't think it's so. Who's right for the job? Who's right and, for the job? Hundred percent. Uh, be righteous. Uh, be righteous in everything you do. Right? Yeah. That should be the watchword. Be righteous. You know? Yeah. But I like, I, like I say, I think that I'd love to be in a position of power and say, okay, here's the thing. We've hired these people. They didn't make, they didn't kind of get up to this standard, but we hired them anyway. We're going to put them all on the same truck and let them do their thing. And I'll guarantee you four women on a truck in a hall by themselves after about an hour and a half, two hours, there'd be a big time the chief would have to go over to that hall and sort out the cat fight. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Because they have a propensity. Ladies have a propensity to be pretty angry and pretty nasty with other girls. Just saying. Just saying. Look. I know I'm it not... might be a provocative statement, but hey, I'm just throwing it out it's there. It's all good. I'm just throwing it out it's there. It's all good. Right? right? 
you know, I'm just going to shut up because I have a woman who... So do I motorcycles, huh? Yeah, motorcycles, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm just throwing it out there, boys. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, but anyone, you know, look, anyone in their right mind listening should understand what is being... Uh, what is really being said here? There's right. a there's a very true uh, a true statement that, mm-hmm. that sits over top of this entire conversation. Yes, performance oriented um, firefighters. That's who I want. E- when my house is on fire, I want your four of your best. I just want a come. firefighter. Yeah, it, it doesn't actually no, have to be I, a man or a woman no, I just at want, all. It I just, just want, has to be a yeah. firefighter yeah. who is going to do it up. what is needed to help me and, and my family and dispense the right amount of energy and, to accomplish the goal that at hand. That's and right. not only do what's yeah. what's needed yeah have the physical capabilities to do it to do yeah. what's needed yeah. completely and if they can't agreed. extricate you yeah another firefighter just... or the citizen from yeah. a burning room if yeah. you cannot p- drag that guy per whoever is yeah. out yeah um they, yeah, they shouldn't right. be there no it's 100 they're in the wrong spot they're in the wrong yeah. spot we, exactly. and we can find other spots for you there's plenty of other stuff there's planning and research there's uh, fire education if you're passionate about it and there's all kinds of things that's right there's all kinds of avenues you know just spare us the spare us the body count you know like you know, you know? in 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 our business no one can do everything no 100 and uh so I have to, sometimes you get a double for a, uh, an actor, but sometimes you need three doubles for that actor because yeah. everyone has a different skill set. Yeah, driving double, but the character, martial arts. Yep. That's right. The character of is the, the movie is does one, it all. Is one. But no one stunt performer can do it all. No. So you get three doubles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, I, just because you're a stunt performer doesn't mean you can do no, this. No, That credential doesn't blanket that, that's you. That's correct. Yeah. And as a coordinator, I don't hire that person. Right. But by the same token, as a, as a firefighter, not everyone can do all the, the job. jobs required of a firefighter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, too, is we don't talk about numbers. Right. We don't talk about just, just numbers. It's not about, again, not about gender. Yeah. It's about the numbers. There are more men over 200 pounds than there are women. Mm-hmm. And if, if there were more women over 200 pounds, we wouldn't have this talk. No. Um, and, no. I mean, even in, in our stunt industry, from uh, where we are, we, I mean, even just um, racially, yeah. Uh, there's only a, there's a certain amount of, of uh, this type of person mm-hmm. just in Toronto. Uh, if we have to go looking for another type of person mm-hmm. uh, for a series or a movie, uh, sometimes we have to stretch the uh, boundary distance. Yeah, the boundary uh, as to where we're looking, yeah. only because the numbers Are don't line up. That's it's right. not about. Uh, but what's fun about what you're saying is, if uh, if I need a particular um, race or look, yeah, I have the luxury, yeah, of going to a distant city and flying someone in, whereas you got four people on a truck, True. you don't have the luxury Time of is flying of the somebody in because there's an emergency down the street. Right. True. Time is of the essence. We Let's need call to call really... the guys in New York and get them up here. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was a good one, New York, man. We went to the we went to the nine eleven tribute for that. Oh my God! They, I, was, I wanted to bring up nine eleven. The year after that, man. Oh my God! What a life changing episode for me that was. Like wow. So what 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 is that? Describe that. Um, after they had the after it settled down. So I I don't think it was the year it wasn't the year anniversary. I want to say it was probably the second year after it because the first year they were still. They were still digging through the building, I think, the first year. Yeah. Um, so the second year, they had a big uh, to-do. You know, they 
they asked everybody to come down for the memorial. And I'm telling you, there was, uh, if there's never a time in your life when you feel more humble, uh, proud of your choices that you've made in your career, all those things, man, when we pulled up to that, that was mind boggling, man. Like there was people from all over the planet and they were all the same as us. And you couldn't speak the language of some of these people. And it was just like hugging the brotherhood, the sisterhood. You spoke the language of firefighters. The sisterhood of it was just so tight, man. Like, it was it was weird. It was like being in the room. It was like being, on, and it wasn't even a room because it was too big, but being out on the street with, like, clones of yourself. Like, you were looking at a, as far as the eye could see, of you. Like, it was felt like that to me. That's like, neat. I looked down that street, and there was just a sea of of dress uniforms. Whereabouts and was this? It was right downtown New York, right by the, we were there. We went okay. right, it was right by 9-11, right by the site. And they had a big parade. And uh, So all the marching. firefighters in Toronto were in New York at the time and all the fires yeah. in Toronto well, were, there were, was up, were higher than they've ever guys, been. Okay. Guys on shift, off shift were there. Okay. You know, guys yeah, took, yeah. took time. But it was, I'm telling you, man, it was uh, like nothing you could ever imagine. It was so, uh, and then of course, being, that reason it's one thing to go to a baseball tournament with all the guy bah, 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 you know baseball sure. firefighting baseball tournament is one thing but that was like you're paying homage to these poor mm-hmm. people who not only i mean risked it beyond the measure of risk man for such a stupid reason too that's the worst of it all right like a terrorism situation i get yeah i get risking yourself because somebody had an accident they've poured you know they started a accidentally started a fire and now they're at jeopardy and you go in and help them that's that's great that's what our business should be not going to it because somebody's doing it a deliberate action violence yeah like that yeah just, that's terrible just man. screws it totally up you know like that just wrecks the whole mood for sure you know so it was uh yeah it was pretty spectacular man it was pretty wow. spectacular and then seeing the people all the we went to the fire halls just in that area and all the families were there and how um how uh, strong and how just crazy strong these people were you know to be to have lived through that and put up with the loss and they're still there hugging us and and welcoming us there and, well it's you know, probably to, probably a similar strength to the guy that's uh in half yeah you know it's the yeah. same kind of strength you just you've been through it all and, and you, you have to be able to it. handle this you over do you it. you know like you, you think man what what uh power these people have it's just yeah, phenomenal you know mm-hmm. it was yeah it was quite shocking man. quite shocking you Very ever cool. wonder um what it might have been like had uh, it happened uh, in your own Here, city i want to say it would be probably absolutely exactly what happened in new york man it's just catches you by the the balls man and you got to get you know you got to do what you got to do you got to send your people to do it right now, this is a really good question um but what you mentioned is the toronto or any fire equipped uh, for it? Yeah. See, we. I um, don't know. I was saying to another guest the, um, that um, I work with a lot of bomb squad coppers. Yeah. On the SWAT team. Yep. And it's always really disconcerting when you ask them, "Are you busy?" And they go, "Oh yeah, yeah." yeah. So, um, because we don't see that every day either. Right. You know we as normal citizens, we don't experience that yeah. and you don't know what's coming in. Mm-hmm. So we have the CN tower, yeah, which would be a f- really, really, really good target. If somebody wanted a lot of attention, I think so. 
Um, and um, so, so is, like, just is, are you, uh, is the Cable? Toronto... No, are they prepared for a massive terrorist action similar to... Because um, we were told about a story how they put down a... a a terrorist action yeah from inside our country yeah in in the city of toronto yeah uh it was a concerted effort by a number of agencies and they they squashed squashed it. It. stopped it yeah yeah but had they not yeah yeah it's maybe good that they did because i don't i don't know if any of the uh, uh any of the services are pre- are like I how mean, could you new be york prepared, prepared for but do, it? Do, no, do, not a chance but i but i guarantee tr- new york has now trained their people oh yeah and we did too okay. like after 9-11 it was game you on the shit out of the Every, game they upped their game big time man and we took we took lessons from it we do now uh like we and we always did with uh, the fire department if there was big incidents that happened like bizarre fires or you know situations that happened in through the, well, the world for goodness sake for like all over the world they would trade the information like they would be fast to trade it. You know what I mean? Interesting. And, oh, and that's that was, cool. That was that was by yeah. the union and by um, by certain organizations in the fire department, not necessarily the city of Toronto uh, authorized. But you know what I mean? It was departments like uh, you know groups of people in the fire department, training division, and stuff like that that would pass that on and and uh, bring it to light. You know, like say like this is what happened, and let's change some techniques. We were constantly training. Like uh, th- that's another thing that people. I think don't really realize we we're constantly training. Like the days, our days at the fire hall are at, a tra- you know, are if not training in the hall, they're training at the f- training centers. Like we're training. They, they don't let you, you know, the, the city of Toronto don't want you sitting on the couch either. They want you fresh. So it's in their better interest to train. The union's responsible to train the, the, um, the city of Toronto is responsible to have trained firefighters. We have to make the grade, like we have to make the standard, you know? So, uh, yeah, it's definitely a situation. And we would discuss many a times training episodes would change and say, you know what, this is a technique we've done in the past. Let's change this. They'd introduce new programs all the time. So again, with inter- with uh, interior firefighting, structural firefighting, they'd say, you know what, we come up with a new theory. We've looked at it from all angles. And, uh, you know, New York's adopting this theory and San Francisco is adopting. The big fire departments would adopt these new theories. And they say, well, how about guys try it? Try these new techniques and see if you like them and see if it works for you guys in your situation, right? And change them, you know, tweak them if they if they have to, because every situation is different. So sure, tw- you're you're you know, you guys, San Francisco is not dealing with cold temperatures and stuff. So you know, you you sort it out with your your ways. You know, do what you got to do around your place. And and uh, are yeah. there cities that are suffering because of training? Yeah, lacking training. La- I, that's another thing. Uh, I, and I would bring yeah. up Sean again. Uh, I mean, he's in his kind of a similar world. Yeah, uh, he he talked about. Uh, how Toronto was one of the top three uh, yeah. SWAT forces, uh, police forces. Uh, is there a similar thing in fire? And do you uh, are there cities that are suffering because? Well, of I'll tell you nothing? what. Well, I'll tell you what happened with Toronto. Toronto city proper, um, and I was hired there, and I'm obviously biased about it. But a great historical fire department. They had lots of fires, lots of people. It's the biggest, you know, Toronto, the city of Toronto was there long before Scarborough and North York and all the boroughs. Sure. So Toronto was the, they were the... All the wisdom. They were the wisdom and right or wrong, but they had the experience. And with firefighting, experience is key. The more you do it, the better you get. And, and, and I'm going like to, I'm just going to throw that out there. You can get lazy and complacent and all those things too. But the more you do, the more you see, the more information you have to be better. 
whether you do it or not. So that I'll put that down on a blanket statement. Um, Scarborough, uh, North York, all those departments, they were newer departments. So they came in in newer times. They were established by newer people. The paramilitary, uh, structure wasn't quite the same. Um, you know, because Toronto was older, it started after the, you know, started after the first world war. So they had everybody who was there was ex soldiers and, uh, you know, then it just grew from there. And our big hiring practice, like our big hiring take-ons were obviously after the war, you know. So all those key area, key times, where they were getting great people back from the, you know, forces that had already a military background. Um, Scarborough and them, not so much. Scarborough were hiring. Where Scarborough was like uh, in the 70s and that when they started, in the early 60s and when they started, it was more like, uh, you know, garbage men. They were looking for garbage men, gardening guys for to do the city city you know works, and then firemen. Oh yeah, we need firemen too. So mm-hmm. they hired the mentality and the um, practices were not so paramilitary. Did you know? did I, I, Toronto have a bit of a um, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Did 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 you um, uh, cross yeah, contaminate? Like, yeah, well, yeah. Well, what happened was they amalgamated. Uh, so, and I'm not I. I don't know the exact date, but Toronto amalgamated, the cities amalgamated. So North York, Scarborough, East York, uh, all amalgamated into one department, like one city, right? Toronto. Mm. Like there was, there, they still call it Scarborough and they still call it North York, North York, but they're really not. They're all governed by Toronto, city of okay. Toronto, right? That's how it is now. They have their own mayors and their own thing, but they're under a blanket um, of the city of Toronto. And when they amalgamated, that was the worst, for me, that was the worst thing that ever happened to the fire department. Because they, they killed it by bringing in all these other lesser departments. And I, I'll say lesser for sure. They were lesser departments. But it's like, I mean, you know? we obviously if uh, if I'm going to school, I want a good teacher. Yeah. I don't want to, you oh, know. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, what happened then was because of that, then they started breaking up all the Toronto guys stayed strong. and was like, we want to be in Toronto. We're not. And they started moving everybody around to try to assimilate everybody. And it was a disaster for, it was the worst thing that ever happened to Toronto. That whole amalgamation okay. thing. And I'm not just saying the fire department. The whole amalgamation thing was the most costliest thing that they've ever done to the city of Toronto. Like they said, well, they were doing it for the reason of financial. We're going to buy toilet paper for every city, like for all our, you know, they need toilet paper, they need supplies. So if we amalgamate everybody together, we can buy one shipment of toilet paper. You know, all that thing can be bought. I see what they're doing, right? but they but could have they, done it perhaps differently. They killed it, man. They killed it. And, and again, hmm. Scarborough had a lot of politics between their fire department. I'm not sure about North York and that. I, I didn't really, uh, but Scarborough for sure, like Scarborough were militant against the city of, of Scarborough in their fire department. They would, we're not cutting the grass. We're not taking care of the fire department. Oh man, it was like, it was ridiculous the shit that went through there. Like, and, and now, so we adopted all those, um, you know, we adopted all that into one city uh, <clears throat> umbrella and it really hurt. It took, a, like, I think the fire, fire department's probably still fighting through that. Like it's really, it was disastrous, you know? And the equipment and just the cross training and stuff like that. It was just, they didn't do things even close to what we did, you know? And it was always a kind of running gag, you know, if you, if you pulled up to a call on the, you know, and you were from Toronto and you pulled up to the call on the outskirts, well, you're, you came from the longest distance and you're still the first ones in and you still got the job done and you got cleaned up and you guys are rolling hoses and gone. And these guys are still trying to get their stuff together, get their boots on and you know, it was just, it was kind of a laughing stock at the time. And it, hmm. and it wasn't far from the truth. This must happen. It wasn't far from the truth. This must happen everywhere. It surely does, of course. And I'm sure that 
if you talk to guys in New York, they say the guys in Schenectady or the guys down there, they're rubbish. Those guys are garbage. You know, there's always that clashing. But what's interesting about Mm -hmm. that is this, that at the end of the day, you're all firefighters. True enough. And when you all met in New York. Yeah, we were. It's all hugs. We were, for sure. And it was all hugs. And, you know, then you don't, you can't rest on your laurels. You all have your uniform on. You look the same. You you're feeling the same emotionally. So you have to, be well, I imagine that, uh, something like that New York thing must have, uh, also inspired oh, a lot of young guys who, who perhaps feel like they're not pulling their weight or, absolutely. you know, yeah, absolutely. It would have been a great motivator for sure. Like, you know, if you've seen that and thought I'm not doing enough with my life, you know, I'm right. I'm losing the McDonald's, uh, man, uh, they've got to feel that yeah, they got to. Yeah. You got to. Yeah. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Especially if you have wow. a, a propensity in your in your if you are kind of a caring person, man, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna be all over that. You know, I think it's a huge part of it. Like caring, being concerned about others is a huge part. My respect level yeah. of our fire after this conversation, firefighters is kind well, of sky high. I mean, I've always felt that way. One of our best friends, yeah, uh, used to be the uh, fire chief of the city here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad I did. I hope. And again, that's why obviously we connected. It was like. Let's get some things off our chest, and I'm glad we. Uh, I'm yeah, glad, man. I'm glad we can, man. I'm glad we can in this yeah. in a in an easy form where nobody's judged. And uh, well, we're not judged until well, you know, look at judging. the comments on under YouTube video. Right, right. <laughs> I'm judging the tequila. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. How is that out of ten? It's uh, ten. No, this is fantastic. You're you're a little slower well, than I'm. Got to be slow, cause, yeah, because yeah. you got some he's on riding a, he's to do on a scooter. Like, yeah, man. Yeah, I, I pedaled my bike over here, so. Yeah, I'm good. Good. I don't want. I don't want to crash. I don't want to be one of those guys I picked up. That's another thing too. Bikes are dangerous as hell, man. You don't come off them very nice. I've I've yet to see somebody. Well, I I came off myself and scuffed myself up a little same, bit. Yeah, and same. Andy's come off a couple. Yeah, times. I, I I had to lay mm. my bike down. I know. Yeah, and that's a, that's quite a decision. Yeah, that's I mean, always a decision. But you know what the best and part it was of a it decision. Is? He's yes, he got to make a decision. Right. Yeah, true, that's the that's the thing. I mean, I was lucky. I'm, I, I mean, I'm lucky. I have like a, a just the background. Oh, the background. You know, the stunt. The role. The, the stunt industry is one thing, uh, and some of the other things I do is just it all kind of yeah. comes together. And yeah. you know, when I had to come off that bike, I was actually I was literally sliding sideways. Uh, somebody pulled out on me, and I I I, I was. Uh, an inch. I was an inch from uh, from the bumper. I was just lucky that the person that pulled out actually kept going yes. and didn't stop or stutter. Because you would be under it. Yeah. yeah. Then I'd be I'd be under In, it or over it or whatever yeah. it is. And uh, I actually had a moment. I I sat there like on a sliding bike going, um, you know, when do pull, I leave? Pull, <laughs> yeah. post, ditch, yeah. fence. Post yeah. pull, yeah. you know, See, that's, and I went. That's the stunt mm. guy. He's looking for his out. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 then I had to. I knew, like, I tried to give some gas and pull that wheel back, and it went like the other way. You're it gonna just stand went it completely up completely. Oh, way. you're gonna stand it back up. Yeah, sure, and I was like, sure. ah, for fuck's sake. So <laughs> I, I, I literally just said, never mind. I'm not gonna make it out. So I got to yep. do the best for me. Yeah. And I slid on my back. I had my. Fortunately, I had yeah. just. It, it got a little cool, and I just put my leather on, mm. and I I slid down the road. Probably uh, I don't even know a hundred feet, something like that. I just kept going and going, um, and uh, I went right through some roadkill, mm-hmm. which was disgusting. I had blood and, and fur <laughs> up my back. But when I the guy who uh, this is just the best part of the story. I could have told the story better, but oh. um, but when uh, when when the guy the guy got out of his truck uh, to come over and make sure I was okay, mm-hmm. my buddy who I was with uh, riding short behind me, 
uh, was kind of flipping out on the guy. But the guy, I had to stop my friend because the guy was obviously hurting. He, yeah. he didn't want to do what he did. No. Um, he, he was at the edge of tears, and uh, he told us that his brother happened to be the head of motorcycle safety of Ontario or something so, like that. So he was, was in for, he yeah, was in it for was it. Like, yeah. It was like the irony had to play out or, right. or, or this wouldn't have made sense. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, wow. I was very lucky, lucky and man. lucky to be me, I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Those skills, those skills will come to you. And help. Come to you. Yeah. They'll come to you naturally, oh. naturally too. Right. Oh yeah. 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 No, it's good. Crazy, crazy, man. Crazy. Do you want to say anything, uh, in, in, inspirational to maybe uh, some new firefighters or somebody who's trying to get in the game that just maybe doesn't have their whole the whole thing mapped out. Yeah. Well, there is a lot of credentials you need now. Uh, I understand that. There's a huge amount of creden- credentials you need prior to being hired. And I think it's across the board. Again, I'm speaking for Toronto and departments that I know around Toronto. Uh, you need a ton of credentials now. And they're, what they're doing is the cities are now passing off the responsibility of the pre-screening and pre-disposing the firefighters by getting credentials from colleges. And um, they're leaving the onus on those places to train you somewhat, right? So it's all the background training that you need and a testing you need before you can be a firefighter. Used to be the city did it. All the cities, when I say cities, I mean all the cities and municipalities, they would do their own aspect of hiring. So you would apply, they would um, put you through the rigors, and then they would uh, select you. Now it's more, you bring your credentials in already pre-applied. You know, you're, you're pre-tested uh, and pre-certified that you can do these things. And they take those and then they work on that. They'll train you, of course, some more for your local uh, situation, but you have those a generic uh, and standard training or credentials. So people actually go to college and firefighting one hundred and one uh, before they apply. Before they apply, particular. and you have all the cities will say we need we need a uh, certified uh, DZ license. Uh, so you have to come up and do that yourself. We want um, we want first aid training and certain levels of first aid training. All these done. We want you to have uh, certain. Uh, goals met with firefighting training. So there's fire sciences, there's fire, uh, fire attack, and you know all those, all the different uh, scenarios of firefighting. They would be trained for and tested on, and already have uh, credentials. It's hard to get, and it's expensive. I think uh, that can run into thousands and thousands of dollars. So most of the people that are going to want to be firemen now have to spend financially, have to kick up. So not only do you have to sort of want that as a career choice, but you right. have to sort of financially kick up. Uh, much like anybody, if you want to be, but it know. shows that their investment. It shows that is, they're invested, so yes. there's a bit of sweat equity, so they're already pre, you know, predisposed to being part of the team, the team, and I think that's good. I think it's really good, especially if the credentials are good, you know. Uh, now, are there guys working in this city uh, where we are right yeah, now yeah. Uh, that uh, that you'd go, yeah, yeah, come on over to Toronto? Is it? Yeah, do you recruit ever? Like mm, a lot of guys, they don't. I don't think they do it on a, the cities wouldn't do it and the fire department wouldn't go out canvassing, but there are guys who would do it, you know, amongst themselves. They would say, Oh, you know what? I like the big city action or whatever. You know, I'm, oh, I I've done a couple of years I in imagine, Cambridge. I would like to do the I imagine city. you want that guy to some degree. Now, Somebody is, who's most it, guys it, do seen some shit. Is it a transfer yeah, situation? No, no, no. It's a, I quit here and yeah, I apply that's right. there. It's a city but, organization. And I imagine that there are some, uh, some, 
trucks mm -hmm. around here. Yeah. That that guys are just not inspired. They just True. they just go. Oh, ah, yeah, these the these guys are. Yeah. You know. Like, oh yeah, for sure. You know, so they got to move. They want to move. They want to move. And and same let's with being a doctor it. in the right yeah. hospital and sure. all that stuff. And know? any any young cowboy wants to. You want to ride the. You want to do it. Yeah, you, you know want what to mean? hit the it biggest. Depends on the uh, you want to climb. Well, this is it. There's probably guys that are. There's probably guys sitting in a little, you know, smaller outside department saying, "Pretty good. I can do thirty years of this, man." You know, get some yeah. fish, get some fishing in this afternoon, and and whatever I got to do. I, you know, there's probably let's face it, there's people competent and comfortable wherever they are, right? But I'm sure mm. there's 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 probably a young and old guys out here. It's a young man's sport, man. Like the the whole job is a young man's sport to me. Like anybody who wouldn't want to be down there kicking it, yeah. I mean, you want the experience, you want the thrill, right? Like yeah. I want to, I don't want to take anything away from that. I did it for many good reasons, but I also did it for self-centered reasons too. Like there's nothing of better, course. Of course. nothing better than whipping around in that truck. There's nothing better than being a hundred feet up in the air on the end of a ladder in the middle of January, you know, pouring water on a fire, man. Like who gets to do that kind of stuff? Now that's, I wanted to touch that yeah, earlier. You, you, know? mentioned, you mentioned cold. Uh, oh. San Francisco doesn't contend with the cold, cold. weather. Oh. Can you imagine going out and fighting a fire in yeah. sub-zero temperatures oh. and everything's freezing? You, it's man, it's unimaginable. How, how does that work? If you have a pumper, is it heated? No, no. So the only the only heat that is generated is the friction, and there's tons of it. So you have to keep the truck running. You can't shut a line down, even if you're outside. So we'd be outside all night, say, pouring water on a building, or they'd shut trucks down. Because what we used to do a lot of times, we, we would um, we'd sort of uh, chain the trucks. We'd link the trucks together. So one truck would be the the initial pumper from the hydrant and that would pump to another truck and that truck would pump it further up. Oh, wow. You know, you'd use okay. them as hydrants, like remote sure. hydrants. Mm -hmm. And if you were a truck that was sitting and wasn't operating, then you'd need to let the thing pump water. So you'd pump it and just blow it out the side. And of course, then initially around the truck is warm. There's uh, enough heat around it, but then a perimeter around the truck gets icy and try, try working on a skating rink. Like, I mean, yeah, you know, it's totally. the whole area now. So, and you're pouring gallons, hundreds and hundreds of gallons of, of water into a building. It's coming out and it's all over the place and the place is just frozen. And it's like, it's the most un, unnatural. Do you guys situation. hear stories? Do you guys hear stories from around the world or from around anywhere? Um, of, and kind of go, Holy fuck. Oh, well, the, challenges, us, of the challenges, the challenges, they challenges. Have. Yeah. Uh, you, we probably do. It's probably not. I mean, there's probably forums and all sorts of stuff now. I mean, you know, there's true, crazy, true, crazy sure. blogs, different time, different time. crazy blogs and stuff. I mean, you know, I would think that yeah. the other people are learning from this. Like, yeah, I agree. Like, oh yeah. My I God. agree. Yeah. yeah like, you're right. This would be the forum. I yeah. Suppose. This would be the forum, right? Like, like you're, you're putting out, you're putting out a fire. It's everything's freezing, freezing solid. And then try going up a ladder. Try, hey, let's say you're up the ladder and everything's frozen. Now you got to come down. That's a challenge. Like everything's a challenge. Everything's getting wet. Soaked. The ice. Overspray. All oh, pouring. Like totally covered in ice, man. Your, your suit, you can't bend your arms. The right. suits, your gloves are soaking wet, man. How do you, how do you do an hour or two hours of that? I tell you, I can, my feet are not the same as they were when I was 25. My feet are, to my knees are like, you know, they're cold, man. They're should, cold. They're cold those, all the time. Those babies up here onto the right. table. Warm them up. Show us the, the, yeah, yeah. the well, frostbitten. What have we seen? Frostbitten. <laughs> I cut them off at my of knees. Bears. They're just wood. It's just wood from my knee down. <laughs> but no, my feet and the nerves and stuff on my feet. Yeah, man. Crazy. Not not good. Like my feet are always cold, man. Have you, you know? ever had to put on mm. a, a forest fire? 
Mm, no, we've had lots of grass fires. grass fires. Oh my God, man. Tons of grass fires. They get away really? on you by the side of the highway. Dufferin and DuPont was terrible because we had the trains, the cargo trains going through. Right. And they would set those places. They'd set the, the trainways, like beside the rails, the train, the, All that, the grass. That set, brown grass. Oh man. Now well, today, like why? a day like why? today. What, what's oh, the train doing? Uh, putting the brakes on or whatever and the axle, you know. Yeah, oh, friction, and all the, all the, ah. all the sparks and the... Set the... They'd be phoning, oh man, the, 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 the field's on fire. You better get out here. Crazy wow. stuff like that. And I, I mean, a field on fire is not... Uh, yeah, it's not uh, something that's really dangerous, perhaps, until it starts to get into the backyards and starts sure. to get up into the residential areas. You know, some of it... you. Can, you know, you cordon it off and let it go. It, you know, it's, my wife went to uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, yeah. a couple, well, three, I don't know how many years ago. And as they're pulling into the city, <laughs> the sky is kind of mm. smoky. Mm. And her friend says, oh, is that why they call them the Smoky Mountains? And, <laughs> and Rhonda says, well, it, maybe, but it doesn't look like this the same normal. color. It's not normal to her because <laughs> yeah. she's been there a million times. Yeah. And she says, there's something wrong. Like, yeah. it doesn't, it's not normal. And the next day or two days later, they had to evacuate because the Smoky Mountains were on fire. fire. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was not long ago. That yeah, was no, probably it, two years ago. Yeah, it was a few years ago. And it, the, wow. the, the fire started on the other side of the mountains, yeah. so the town didn't see it. Yeah. And somebody didn't release that it was actually on fire because oh. they thought they could contain it. They right. couldn't. Right. Um, and they just happened to leave uh, uh, 12 hours before wow. people were evacuated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the for, forest fire is yeah crazy technology on its own. Like I hear trees explode. They do. If you've ever really seen like, and that's another thing. Most people, a uh, little bonfire or something, you know, the big they haven't seen really much in the way of fire. It is a formidable force. Like people have no concept of just of really what it can do, man. It's 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 incredible. It's well, I an saw incredible. The, I saw the movie Backdraft. And you know what? I would, mm-hmm. I'd like to take all the movies and sort of wrap them up in a big bag and throw them away because it's probably hurt the firefighting. <laughs> oh man. No, I a don't picture me on fire right like, behind you. Like I, yeah, there you go. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's been on fire. How many times? 179. So, you know, it's, you can well imagine what that'd be like without gear. If oh that, my God. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like the heat, the intensity, the, the, just all insane. of it. The, it's yeah. It's bonkers, man. And you know, I used to like Rob Lowe as an actor and all that kind of stuff. Now, Chicago fire, it's all, it's terrible, man. Like it, backdraft. I'll tell the, you my guys, Rob Lowe story. The, after oh, the, the guy's got his coat open in backdraft, you know, saving the kid. It's not like that. It, when you're in a fire, it is just dark and there's a little glow. Maybe that's all you get. And it's just so bad, man. Listen, like, Les, it, but it wouldn't uh, make a good, it wouldn't make a good film. Obviously, wait, right. so, uh, no. When you're in a movie, it's not how it works. Okay. <laughs> I know. I get that. I understand it, but you're bringing reality but, into everything. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? If you're in the movie game, let's make it close. Like uh, give I the agree. guys a break. I agree. give the, give the guys a break, man. Show, <laughs> show it how it is. Right. You know, the best, actually the best, uh, I would say to anybody listening, the best thing, if you want to really see the world of firefighting, and I mean, I've only touched on it, but if you really want to get the best uh, focus on firefighting is watch uh, Tacoma a fire. If you've never seen that series, watch Tacoma fire. Cause Tacoma, Tacoma fire, Tacoma fire is exactly what firefighting is all about. Now, is that a, a dramatic series or it's is a it com- a documentary? It's a comedy. Oh, is it? It's a huge comedy. <laughs> That's it's hilarious. A, and it is the funniest. The guys who did it are firefighters that wrote it and directed it. And the guys they have, if you've ne- you guys have never seen it, I'm surprised you haven't because you're no, sort of no. cutting, cutting edge with that stuff. 
you watch Tacoma Fire and you will you'll know what it's all about. Yeah. It's the secret of firefighting. It is just it's really it, that's exactly that's what brilliant. it's like. Exactly what it's like. It's it's like uh, for for police, uh, Reno nine one one is obviously very close, very the closest. Close it's just no, never mind. <laughs> yeah. And for the stunt business, yeah, Hooper, Hooper, yeah. See, absolutely. See, so yeah, the ridiculousness <laughs> it borders on ridiculousness, but it's on truth. Love the, it. Yeah, the truth is. Uh, it's well, great. okay. It's speaking great. of comedy, yeah. Have you ever had a, a, a fuck up or a mix up? Or, or 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 something that uh, yeah you, like you I, went to the wrong fire an error of comedies um, has there ever been an error even if it's not funny has yeah. there ever been a real bad error went, well this didn't work out um, there's been a lot of times where your first um, so we have we don't have the ability to have errors so um, the first your first initial uh, run at it is like Mm, unsuccessful as planned. So you plan, you see something, you quickly make a plan and then you, you know, you deal with the, you deal with the plan, you execute the plan. Crazy and, stuff. Man. And as the plan yeah. goes along, you go, we're not doing any better here. We're making it worse. And you might have on a fire scene, if it was a large enough fire scene, you might have several different companies, like separate different trucks that are uh, their perspective doing their work, but they're maybe not making it better for you. So I see. sometimes you're fighting, you know, there is a bit of a challenge. So there's a bit of radio work, you know, can you just tone that down? I imagine notch? the bigger the fire, the more the trucks. Right. So, you know, you get a bunch of different guys and here we have a bunch of different mindsets too. We, although we all are a fireman and we all have uh, some training, uh, you know, degree of training, we all have our ways of doing things. So those are kind of different from, cause there's practical training and then there's practical application of the training. So you take the training, like, and you guys know it's the same thing in stunts. There's a way to do things, but sometimes you can't do the left hand shoulder roll because you're going to hit the fence. So Correct. the right hand shoulder roll, or no shoulder roll at all. So Correct. there's sure it, as it rolls, you play your thing, and that's exactly the firefighting thing. You have to change your technique along the way. So now you sort of throttle it back, hopefully not to anybody's uh, dismay. You know, you don't want to start sort of halfway through a residential fire where there's people still up in the room you don't want to start to have to rejig things right you got to fight through them and and solve the problem so that's that's a huge part of it and so the onus on you to make the proper decision at the right times are key man like those are those are crucial man like those are crucial so you got to just do what you got to do like that's when things do get you know out of the book and they you start doing things that are wow that's kind of whoa that's sketchy you know like, you know, who's rappelling down a hose from the roof to get to the next window? Like, really? That's not in the book, you know? So there's stuff that you got to come up with. Like, you just got to solve it, man. You got to solve it. And then you got to have guys who are willing to join your thoughts, right? You know, like, you know, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? You don't have time to discuss it. That's you goes, that goes back to the team. That goes back to the team. It's like, we're, I'm doing it. So uh, four yeah. guys are all one mind. That's right. And and what we used to, what I used to do, it, what it was effective for my career too was I would do it. I would just do it. And hopefully somebody's coming with you. And if, if there was somebody close enough, I would grab them and they would be coming whether they wanted to or not. Same as the push into the fires and stuff. But by the same token, that guy, when you grab him, yeah. pull him on, he yeah. goes, okay, yeah. we're in. Yeah. And I've had some guys, I've had some guys digging their heels in. I've dragged a few people into places they didn't want to go, but I wasn't going alone. And you know, I needed them. So they were coming. You I know? love that. Yeah. That's, that's and cool. it's true. I mean, it's, you know, and there was places I've been to too, where 
the guy in front of me was going and I'm like, this is getting wicked hot and wicked. We're now we're on our bellies and it's like, he's, you're still going. Okay. They're like, all right, you're ahead of me. So you must have some like, sense of there's something, whatever you're doing, you think is right. I'm going to back you. Like hundred percent, hundred percent. Right. That's, and that's you can't pull out. You right. like that. There is no choice of pulling out. I, and I felt that. I don't know if, I don't know if that's across the board, but I certainly felt it. But you must, you must see when somebody's doing something wrong. Well, if it's wrong, that's a different story. Then you would grab them, pull them out and say, we got to re Sometimes sometimes you don't discover that it's wrong until you're halfway there. Right. And when you're halfway there, the only way that you know it's right is you both come out and go, that scared the shit out of me, but we nailed it. That's when it's right. And there are other times where you mm. didn't, you you wouldn't be here today to tell tell the story. And there's been sure there's been accidents and people have lost their lives at the game. That's sure. It's exactly how it is. Or they've hurt themselves in such a way that they're not doing it anymore. Yeah, you know? same in our game. Lots of regrets, right? Yeah. You know, and it's the, it's just the way it is, the nature of the business, man. Like, and I imagine most of the time you can say to yourself, "Well, that didn't have to happen. It didn't have it, to happen. Uh, exactly." We and could've... we're gonna, you know what? We know what we're gonna do the next time, right? We know mm. what we're gonna. What's do. interesting about what you just said there. Is that in our business, we've lost friends and we've yeah. lost, we have friends who have been hurt to the point where they will never work physically again yeah. as a stunt performer. Yeah. Um, but um, I've always said that 90% of the safety yeah. of any stunt yeah. is the coordinator hiring the right person. And it goes back to you guys. It's your read, right? You've got to read. A lot of it's been preventable. Yeah, but, I mean, but it goes back happens, to hiring the right people for the job. 100%. 100%. Because yeah. now you're in that deep, you're dragging somebody in, and they don't want to be there, and they're fighting you to get out. That's it. It's over, man. Like, there's, yeah. How do you proceed with that? Like, you're not gonna get the, you're not gonna get the coverage you need, right? You're not gonna get the backing. So, uh, when you when you go into a, a building or a yeah. house, do you yeah. ever uh, do you ever uh, question humanity with based on uh, a what you let's see? say a yeah, well, on what you see, you know, a father yeah. lets his kid. A father wants out or, or, yeah. or, you know, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I got to say that's probably, yeah, I'd say that happens a lot of times. Yeah. Um, those are, those are super extenuating circumstances. Like you can't, you know, you can be the best of who you are. And then when shit happens, you're the first one out the window. It's like, you know, I'm yeah, sorry. Like, you'll, yeah. Push, you'll push climb, you'll climb over the, the lady, man. Like, you know, you'll do it. Fuck. Like some people will do it there. I don't know how you live with it. I guess you end up living and they don't, then you can live with it. I don't know. I don't know. It's huge, man. That's your call at the time. I think it's like everything. It's like the bike thing, like the sliding the bike. You know, do you stay? Do you go? There's a time. And if, yeah. you, if you make the right call, it's a success. If you don't, like to me, I'd like to think, th- I'd like to think that I would, uh, I'd help. be the man about it and yeah, yeah. and help, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I think well, that I would, but yeah. I, but I, you got to wonder if, yeah. if well, uh, then, then you're putting your life, uh, you're, you're paying you're you know you're putting your money down you're saying i'm i don't care the three people or the kids are getting out of the building and i'll just i'm good yeah. if, it, if i get out i get and if i don't i don't yeah right i think, I think you already know yeah you think i you think do. so too. i think you do i think you do and yeah i think so too yeah, yeah you know yeah and, and again maybe maybe when that's happening maybe it would change you because i know i've been in places where i thought you know you think oh yeah i'm good and you go wow man this is horrifying like this is getting to a point where it's really getting uh to the end here right like i'm really this is this is not i'm not proceeding any further you know uh, wow, regardless man. of the cost you know i'm not proceeding any further i think i've it's maybe happened to me on two occasions and i then i sucked it up and just keep, did keep going but, yeah, but you know but you I, think about it i don't think hmm. 
I don't. I I think that's just a good choice. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. It, it's yeah. not. It's not a. I'm. I'm. I don't have the balls. I don't. I, yeah. I, I can't nut up for this one. Yeah. It's not that. No. It's just making a good educated choice. choice, right? You've seen it before. You know. You've been around that, and you go, man. Another five degrees or ten degrees. It's the hottest I've ever had. Like, I remember that one. That was super hot. This is super hot. Hotter. So you go, wow, man. Like. How much can you take? But it right? goes back to that accident mm-hmm. that you had. Yeah. You say, well, you know, the, the older fellow is hanging out of this car. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, you can see. Yes. I can't do anything for him. Yeah. So at that juncture, yeah. when you can't go any further because of the heat and the fire, you're, you you're going, I I'm can't good. do That's anything. Right. Yeah, I can't. But yeah. also, it does, the, it does the city no good uh, for the future if uh, you're if gone. If you did. That's correct. That's true. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Sure. There's no win. There's no win. And... You know, then there's that whole, how do you keep all the rest of it in your, in behind you, your family, your friends, your, sure. this, your world, your stuff, my motorbikes, who's going to get my bikes? Like all that shit. Well, like I'm available. Yeah. Like who's, you know what I mean? Like what about all that? Yeah. That's got to be a heavy burden to, you're taking that burden in with you too, right? Like yeah. big time, man. You know? Well, you got to think about your own people. Right. Like, you know, you know, you got a personal life. Yeah. Yeah. You're only a human, right? True. But. You know what? The problem is you've been given the cape. So when you get I the cape, that. man. No, I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's only kryptonite that can stop you. So short of kryptonite, you're going. You they must go. be doing something with technology that gets you guys out of there. Stuff is getting better for sure. Yeah. And our, our lifespans are longer. They're, they're, you know, the breathing apparatus is getting better. Of course, all that stuff gets better and better every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. They've got the stuff now with the heat sensors in it. And, oh, man, we got some great... We got great equipment. Like, I can only imagine. Oh yeah, yeah. There's heat sensors and stuff. Kind of weird. And when it starts, yeah. when it starts squealing, you know that's you know it's it's yeah. It, you're not going to last much longer. Your gear's going to give up. So you better get going, right? But at some point, they're not going to need guys like you who who are like fuck it. Mm. At some point, they're gonna they're they're it's going to be okay to have uh, you know mm, whatever robots. Uh, well, just normal guy uh, just whatever wear, because he because his uniform is going to protect him anyway. Yeah. Or you know he, you know what maybe be nicer to do. Uh, sprinkler systems in every facility. Right. Handle the location, not right. the firemen. Not the people, man. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. I'd be hmm. great if they said, you know what, our, we're dropping our fire department down to, instead of 3,000 people, 1,500 people, but we're mandating that everybody sprinklers their place. There's a sprinkler in every room of your house. It's mandatorily done, whatever the case may be, you know what I mean? We'll never, Listen, see, a, uh, we'll never uh, see a fire again. It'll be that, detected. That will ruin my Xbox. Yeah. No. It and would. all the saved games. Yeah, see? That gets I don't know, wet. you know. They can, they can wrap that stuff, though. They can wrap it, poly wrap it, and it'll be good. It'll be protected. Okay. They can do it. Okay. They have the technology. You got me now. They can unfire it. Yep. Okay, yeah. okay. I'd consider this yeah. this sprinkler thing. Sprinkler thing, yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, there's lots of ways. You know, there's lots of things you can do, right? Anyway. Maybe smart, wow. smarten people up, too. That might be a good thing, right? Common sense. They could reintroduce that back into our... Our uh, gene pool. Oh, buddy. No. That'd, be, that'd oh, be good. Buddy. That'd be no. super good. <laughs> if, if you watch the news, it's not happening. It's not happening. No, it's not. It's getting worse, but well, they could. They, maybe something, put it in the water or something. Put it it's in I wish. Mm, maybe. Well, I, I, uh, I, for one, am incredibly impressed how... You know, funny this podcast was. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. Um, <laughs> no, really, this this was a bit of a heavy. Uh, no, it was no, heavy, but no, no, listen, listen, you got it. You can't have you can't 
you know, you can't laugh at the truth, man. The truth is the truth. So, well, the firefighting business is a heavy business. It's a heavy man. business. Not to say we don't have a laugh, uh, you know, to call 911 if you want some laughter. Oh, but, yeah. No, but, I will watch it. Yeah. But, and, but it's pretty serious shit. I like to get my point across, man. You don't want to, I don't yeah. want to make too much light of it. Yeah. Oh, hey, Les. Yeah. Sign the table, man. Oh, nice. It nice. just, uh, uh, don't sign it over Kim's there, right there. He's the guy. He's number one. No, no, no he's no, number no, no. two. He's actually number two. two. Oh, Kim. Yeah. Uh, oh, we yeah. got to get the other. Yeah. yeah no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Yeah, do just do up, whatever up you want, wherever you want. There, that'd be awesome. Up beside your glass. Or or right. or or right where he tells look you. At, look at what he's doing. He's there we go. Tracing around the glass. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> right Thanks, on. Les. That's awesome. Yeah, and good idea on this tequila. It's really good. I want to say the name on, but I guess we yeah, can't. Yeah, it's on. Oh, Thanks for that, man. Thanks for that. Les, thanks, man. That's a nice way to bring your people on board with a little. Uh, cheers, brother. A little sip. That's pretty damn nice. Cheers, Thank Les. you. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, man. Thanks for thanks for coming. Uh, the pleasure was mine. Um, well, yeah, it. Les Bryce. Incredible story. Thank you. I I really oh. appreciate you being on here. Yeah, I want to come back. Yeah, you know, come, like, yeah, come back. We've only touched the surface. Yeah, you'll be back. I did all, right. all the I did all the fun stuff. I want to get to the meat and potatoes of it. Okay, I love that. Okay, let's get meat down, and potatoes. Let's get in the deep down into the meat and potatoes of the whole thing. I look forward to that. Yeah. All right, sounds good. It's wicked. All right, peace. That, that's going again. See you thanks. Later. Cheers. Bye, guys. <laughs> Cut, Deanna. <laughs> yes. Cut this shit. <laughs> Wow. So just so you guys know, yeah. it's um it's one forty seven o'clock. We started at eleven fifteen. Okay. Yeah, it says it, two, two, two hours and forty five minutes or so. Okay, is that good? Oh god. No, it's yeah. great. Man. It's great. Yeah, okay. Um because I think you said you were shooting for three or something yeah, like Deanna that. Yeah, three hours. Yeah. Deanna said two and a half hours was nine minutes ago. So okay. we're sort That's of good. yeah, we're sort of between that That's uh, light. two